the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Dave Ellswick Show podcast is sponsored by the Juris Law Group. We provide estate planning for all ages, and we specialize in helping seniors get VA and Medicaid benefits for in-home, assisted living, and nursing home care. For a no-risk consultation, call us at 501-400-8250 or find us on the web at juristlawgroup.com. That's J-U-R-I-S-T lawgroup.com. Well, Happy New Year to everybody. It's good to be back in the chair. My thanks to Val Emmons for filling in for me last week on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I had plenty of time to uh, sit down and, and visit Uh, with family members and folks that came over to visit with us. And uh, one of the great things that I got to do uh, last week, end of last week, was uh, my son John uh, was at uh, home. First time he'd been home in 15 months. Just came back from Afghanistan. And uh, he's got a little healing that he's got to do. Found out that, you know, he's got some, he's picked up some kind of autoimmune uh, disease evidently from over in Afghanistan. So they're going to have to work on that. He damaged his shoulder. So he's going to have to be like his daddy and go and get his uh, rotator cuff, uh, fixed and things of that nature. And then he and I got away from the rest of the family and we were able to sit down a little bit and just talk about when you're in a, in an area like that, uh, how difficult that can be with some of the things that you see. And it wasn't just seeing, you know, people dying and things of that nature, but you know, it affects you when you go to a country and you see that kind of abject poverty. I mean, they, these folks burn their own poop. All right. For, for, to have heat, uh, the air in Afghanistan, I didn't know this until uh, John told me this, but it's ranked by, uh, the, uh, the UN, what is it? Uh, the doctors that are in the UN or whatever as some of the worst polluted air in the world Mm. breathing in, uh, Afghanistan in one year's time, you inhale at least one pound of, uh, the poop (laughs) you're breathing poop in the air because of all of it being burned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's just disgusting. Byproducts. I mean, folks, that's disgusting. And, and for you that are out there and you're yeah. on welfare or whatever, let me just tell you something. You're not poor. I'm well, Dave, just I saw all the news when I was in, no, I in Iran the is in the 70s. The, yeah. They what built qualifies buildings hold on, hold on. out of camel dung. Yeah. They make their bricks out of camel dung. Yeah, but those bricks aren't getting burned and putting off byproducts yeah. back into the air. I no, mean, but it's, the tar that they use to put those bricks together with is. Yeah, yeah, yeah but the tar yeah. is. It's yeah. probably tires. <laughs> they burn. Or whatever. Now, what were you saying, Paul? Well, I, I think the, the fact is that many people in America at the poverty level are, are probably wealthier in many respects and live at much higher standards of luxury than than people. They even, live like kings and queens. Right, I've been saying that for years even, here on the radio. Even, people say that I'm a hard-hearted bastard before I, cause because I, got the, I, I have the guts to say it. 
because nobody has ever traveled to see the difference. Let me tell you, I have traveled outside the United States. You do see, and you, you become very it. aware we don't of have, how lucky we have We don't have a lot. You know, everybody thinks bloated bellies and flies walking on kids' eyes. We don't see that kind of stuff here in this country. You see it in other countries, though. Let me regularly tell you. and, and on, more, you know, just on the street, just right anywhere. there. Right. We, we have we have other issues in this country. We have social poverty. We have we have family structures that are just in shambles. But, they have but, that. but, but in, in many respects, we don't have the, the type of poverty that you see where people are actually going hungry in a meaningful way. Hey, how you doing, Paul? Doing well. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the uh, the positive Who? Dave Ellswick show. Who, who's that? On January second of twenty eighteen. <laughs> happy New Year to everybody. Hey, hey, oh, happy Paul. hey now, Paul. I, I've Good asked Paul Harrell to join us today because starting Monday, he will be on ninety six five FM. The answer from six a till eight a, and it's good to have you joining us, Paul. You know, for a long time, I've wanted you on the same station that I was on. So now we have succeeded. We have. We have. And, and, and you play a big part in that, Dave, and I'm really, really grateful. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited, you know. When I, when I first started doing this uh, radio thing and I just kind of, you, know, uh, you know, walked into it and, and tried to give it everything I had, I was actually on in the morning. So this is going to be kind of neat going back, you know, from an afternoon show to a morning show and uh, – there's a lot of cars on the road from six to eight, so yes, I'm excited is. to uh, you know bring the news. A lot of them are listening to this station. I can tell you that, man. And there'll mm-hmm. be a lot more now that you're going to be on talking about what's going on in the state of Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So it's it's Conduit News Radio with Paul Harrell. Uh, it's we're launching kind of a, a brand new thing uh, starting on Monday. Uh, if you want more information, you can go to conduitnews.com. And, uh, you know, that's where there's a lot of links to uh, some great articles, uh, one over at ConduitForAction.org right now that came out over the holidays, uh, the headline, Declaring Success While Ignoring Your Shipwreck. And it has to do with all these uh, this 80,000 people who've been, you know, we've been paying for on this Obamacare Medicaid expansion, and, you know, they, they finally removed them. And they want to get patted on the back instead of saying, well, we've been paying for these 80,000 for how long? So uh, we're going to be talking about a, a lot of issues that affect uh, Arkansas and the uh, everyday Arkansan. Well, hey, Russ, do we do we have that new uh, promo ready? Did you get it ready for us? Let's let Paul hear this so he'll know what we've been saying about him. I've, I've been all right, saying all, all kinds right. of nasty things about you, Harold. <laughs> oh, let, me, uh, <laughs> let me play this. Here you go. Conduit News Radio with Paul Harrell is coming to 96.5 FM, The Answer, for your morning drive starting Monday from 6 to 8 a.m. Every Monday through Friday, join the intersection of conservative ideas and reality for the latest in Arkansas news and politics. Hear in-depth analysis that cuts through the headlines and learn what Arkansas politicians are doing in your name. Conduit News and Paul Harrell, 96.5 FM, The Answer, Monday through Friday, 6 to 8 a.m. There you go, brother. Wow. Hey, I appreciate that, Dave. I appreciate that. Getting the word out. Well, yeah, a lot. We want everybody to know that you're here. I mean, I'm really excited about this, Paul. You, uh, let me just tell everybody who's listening. I've been talking with Paul Harrell for a long time, even when I was at the other station that I was at here in, in uh, Arkansas. And uh, when I was the program director there, we had some in-depth discussions about him working there, and I couldn't get the big 
the big boys that 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 owned the station uh, to make the dive, and it drove me absolutely freaking nuts. It really did. Because I really wanted you well, there. You're you're a very you're a bona fide talent, Paul. I appreciate that, Dave. I, I really do, and and you know I, I appreciate any of you know any of our uh, uh, affiliates who decided to to put us on and uh you know kind of uh take a risk in terms of, of saying you know we're a we're a state focused show we 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 do hit on some of the national topics but we really think that there is and I know you do a good job of covering you know the in-depth uh stories that go on that maybe a lot of our Kansans don't hear about what's going on down in Little Rock at the Capitol and at the same time you know this and in talk radio there just are no empty shelves. So if you've got a good station, you know, like uh, 96.5 The Answer, which is a great station, it, it, you know, there are no empty shelves. So in order to put us on, you guys have to take somebody else off. And, you know, that is a risk, especially among talk radio people. I mean, I'm, I've always listened to talk radio. And when you do, you get accustomed to a schedule, you know. So uh, I really just appreciate the opportunity. Well, we're getting rid of Hugh Hewitt. <laughs> I gotta laugh. Careful now. I gotta laugh. But that—that's who you're replacing, man. That's a—that's a big gun you're that's replacing. That's some big shoes to fill, Paul. Well, I'll, I'll but you got the ammunition for it, buddy. Well, here was the key: uh, local ammunition. It came down to this: local Paul. ammunition. We wanted a local show. I wanted a show that talked about Arkansas. And you fit the bill. That's that's the bottom line. You fit the you fit the bill on it. Bringing the Liberty well, Machine get, to Central Arkansas, yeah, Paul. That's exactly right. And and you know that's one of the things that we do say. And you know you mentioned in your promo the intersection of conservative ideas and reality. We are trying to build a Liberty Machine, and I really think the best way to do that is to just give people the truth, give people the information that they. Uh, really don't get from the mainstream media. I mean, here's a, here's a question for you. How is it that nationally the mainstream media, uh, they can't say a nice word about Trump? And we know that. We all recognize that, right? I mean, the, the, the deck is stacked so far against any Republican, especially if you're someone who is not the status quo like Donald Trump. Why is it that the mainstream media here in Arkansas, though, they seem to bend over backwards to protect establishment Republicans. Now, something doesn't make sense there. There, there, there is something um, conspicuous about that arrangement, and that's one of the things we talk about a lot on the program. All right. I want you to stay right where you're at. Do not move. We'll be right back to you. i got to pay the Alrighty. bills. You know how that goes. Okay. All right. Don't forget about aero plumbing. And uh, you go to aero plumbing, you're going to get the best plumbing service that you possibly uh, can get. I've used Aero Plumbing over the last 13 years uh, to do a lot of work at my house, basically around my swimming pool. And uh, they just do really, really well. They come out, they, uh, you know, when I call them, they show up, they diagnose the problem, they tell me what it is, and then they tell me, uh, here's what we're going to do to fix it. They give me several different options, like if I never want to worry about it again, uh, until Jesus comes back, I can do that option. I can do an option that's good for five years. I can do an option that's good for two years. I typically go with the five-year deal because I feel like I probably will die before Jesus comes back. But the bottom line is Errol Plumbing does great, great work. Earl has uh, dedicated his life to his company. 
and he has turned it around uh, in a way that makes you, his customer, the most important person uh, of all. All you need to do is when you have a plumbing problem, call them day or night. Somebody will talk to you 24 hours a day. And uh, the way to find their number or where they're at or, or any of that is to just go on the Internet to, uh, and look under uh, Google at Aero Plumbing or just go to aeroplumbing.net. All right, so Paul Harrell joins us today. He'll be joining us uh, every day, Monday through Friday, from 6 a.m. until 8 uh, to get your drive uh, in to work. And we'll have our traffic and weather and whatnot with you. And then Paul will be here giving you all of the content that he brings daily on his show uh, here on 96.5 FM, uh, The Answer. So let's talk about a few local political events. One that occurred over uh, the uh, New Year's Eve uh, evening, and that was when Jan Morgan decided she would throw her hat or her gun probably her gun uh, into the, into the ring and, and run. And oh, she's, so she's not letting go of that gun. I can promise you that. <laughs> I wouldn't either, you know, into, into going against uh, Asa Hutchinson uh, in the primary. What's your thoughts on that? I think that the fact that she is running in and of itself is a victory uh, for the base uh, of the limited government movement uh, that has been electing Republicans across this state you know, ever since 2008, uh, in a, in a mass wave. Um, well, let's say ever since 2010, rather, but ever yes. since Obama was in office, I think, um, the people have been fundamentally voting for reform. I think they've been voting against 138 years of Democrat control of the legislature. And I do not believe we have seen those reforms enacted, uh, for the most part. I think we just have excuses as to why the status quo needs to remain the same. And I think she represents um, something that is really um, unignorable. She can't, you know, this, this is, there's a problem within the Republican Party here in Arkansas. There's a divide among, um, among Republicans. And we need to, when I say intersection of conservative, conservative ideas and reality, that, that means it's not just campaign rhetoric, that we actually believe in a limited government we think that that is the best government to have. So let's actually implement these ideas instead of trying to come up with excuses as to why uh, the things we campaigned on simply just won't work now that we're in office. All right. So let me let me ask the question, because I've been asking this to a lot of people. I love Jan Morgan. All right. I consider Jan Morgan a fair friend, you know, especially to this show. I've had her on many a time. But here's the question. Maybe, I want you to try to answer it for me, Paul. I've I've believed a lot of politicians that I've helped get elected through this show, and then they get up to the marble hallways of the of the Capitol, and they're anything but conservative. How do we know we can trust her? That is an excellent question. That is an excellent question, um, and I I would suggest first of all, I mean, she has been. Um, obviously on the national stage, advocating for our Second Amendment rights and the liberty movement for a long time. Um, the Really, the bottom line is, is you don't know until they get into office. I mean, just because we're all human beings, you don't know until 
they actually get into office. Now, the difference, though, is that with Governor Asa Hutchinson, he now has a record. We now know what he stands for. We now know, more importantly, what he doesn't stand for. And I think that, uh, you know, in our system, you're always going to have the ability of or, or the possibility of somebody saying, you know, hey, I, I said this on the campaign trail. And now that I'm in office, I'm I'm so much smarter than the people that sent me here. And I've got to do the, the, the opposite of what I said I would do. That's always a risk. Um, but I don't think you would get that with Jan Morgan. I mean, I, I think she says what she means and she means what she says. And I think she'd be a consistent conservative for sure. That's my opinion though. Yeah. That's the only thing that I can tell people. My opinion is that she'll, she's going to line up and do what she says she's going to do. And sooner or later, you know, no matter who it is that you vote for, you've got to, you've got to make that decision when you stand in the booth, are you going to flip the lever for her or for somebody else or for the person who perhaps has already uh, been, you know, in office, you know, and, and hasn't done what you thought, you know, I would think if they haven't done what you thought you got, you might want to try something different. No, what, hold on. RD, you had something here. Go I ahead. was just going to say, and uh, thanks for calling in, Paul. I was going to say, if hey, you look RD, at how are you, man? man, I'm doing great, man. I'm excited about you being on the morning show and we're going to have two <laughs> conservative voices in little rock. So, so we're excited about it. But, you know, when you look for the question that Dave had, if you look at a small business owner, a small business owner has been seeing their friends go out of business. They've been seeing their friends go out of business because they can't afford the insurance, because the regulations are going up and, and, and fees are getting higher. When you see get a small business person in Arkansas that understands that the government is not the solution of the problem for jobs in Arkansas, the government is the problem for jobs in Arkansas. I think when you get someone with that background, it's a lot better than a background of someone that has spent eight or ten years in Washington, D.C., and has become part of the swamp there and then come back to Arkansas to bring the wisdom that they've learned in Washington. Mm, that's that's extremely well said, and I couldn't agree more. And, and I really think, you know, you, in order to really objectively look at the, the – status of our state uh we're a poor state and you know we almost have a third of our population on some form of medicaid uh we really are this close to needing to change the the license plate motto to the welfare state (laughs) you know instead of the natural state um we spend almost eight thousand dollars per person i know you guys have had mr david crow on a lot he's got those great numbers and and it's like there's a direct correlation between the, the size of our government and the the poverty or the dependency of its citizens. And I, I just don't see uh, that the governor has really even attempted to to make those connections and say, hey, you know what, we need to be spending on average what Oklahoma spends, which is about five grand per person to, to support its government. And we're, we're, we're you know, uh, you know, what is it, 70, 7,800 or something? I mean, it's it's just unbelievable. Uh, and we're electing Republicans, and we've been electing Republicans for a long time now in Arkansas, and we've been wanting tax cuts for a long time now in Arkansas uh, to actually, like you said, R.D., help our small business owners. Now, and, just, and instead, wait we a just, second, Paul. You know, trimming Paul, around Paul. the margins. Go yeah, ahead. just wait. Wait a second. Just go with what the Speaker of the House said. Tax reform does not necessarily mean tax cuts. 
Yeah. Revenue neutral. That's a Revenue neutral is David's favorite. Yeah, that's is Dave's favorite thing. No, it's not my favorite thing. I hate that term. Rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. Yeah, that's a premonition if you pay attention now. That is moving the deck chairs. And, you know, the consultant consultant that they hired, uh, that the tax farce has hired, uh, is a lifelong Democrat. Okay, he uh, has contributed to Democrats, and on his Twitter, that's what he said. He's got some radical things he said on Twitter, but he, Randy Bauer is the guy's name, and he says that, that tax cuts don't necessarily mean tax reform, and not necessarily, they don't mean tax reform. And so, I mean, well, what are Republicans doing hiring a guy like that? But, that, that because he lines up with sense. their principles? The expand socialism in the state of Arkansas. But, Paul, the FBI has showed us and proved to us that what you tweet in private has nothing to do with your official duties, don't you know? <laughs> All right. Paul, i got to let you go. This is the kind of stuff you're going to hear talked about in the mornings now from 6 to 8 a.m., beginning Monday uh, with, right. with Paul. And, Paul, thanks so much for being part of the show today. All right. Again, it's Conduit News Radio with Paul Harrell, and I so thank you, Dave. And if people want to find out more, it's conduitnews.com. We've been there for a little over a month. What uh, Joel Johnson understood is that if you have a leak in your roof, you probably got water into your house. If you got water into your house, you probably have some damage. Things like uh, maybe you need painting and drywall repair, or maybe even some exterior painting and carpentry work. Here's what he also knew. Getting a contractor to come out for every one of those different jobs is very difficult to get done. They want the big deals. They don't want little tiny deals. So Joel came up with the perfect solution. You know how good PI roofing is about repairing roofs. They've been doing it for years and years and years. They've been doing it very, very professionally and uh, just great. I mean, did my roof did a fantastic job. Now you got these other things that may be wrong in your house. They have hired the people at PI Roofing that they can offer to you to get those jobs done. That uh, that drywall that you need repaired, taken care of. That stain on your roof in your living room, taken care of. Just know that when it comes to PI Roofing now, it's more than just about the roof. It's a holistic look at taking care of your home. Just go to piroofing.com or Google P.I. Roofing. You know, we've been talking uh, about uh, the president and a lot of the great things that he's been doing. One thing that we haven't talked a whole lot about, although it has been mentioned often, and that is the infrastructure here in this country. When he was running for president, he talked about this a lot. He talked about how walking through LaGuardia in New York City was like walking through a third world country because it was so terrible. I can tell you the same thing about Reagan in Washington, D.C. When I go visit there, walking through, you know, Reagan Airport, it's not the prettiest thing in the world anymore. It's it's run down. Well, what are we going to do about that? What are we going to do about our roads? What are we going to do about the bridges? What are we going to do about a lot of different things that we have here uh, in the United States? With that in mind, we've invited Craig Stevens to join us today. Uh, he had, he comes with a group called grow America's infrastructure. Now that's uh, stands for gain gain stands for this. And he's the spokesperson for the group. And Craig, thanks for giving us a few moments here on the, uh, the Dave Ellswick show. We, we really look forward to talking to you about this. The thing that catches me, first of all, something that 
is in a, a a little blurb here. I got early reports say it will be a one trillion dollar plan the president will put forth right uh, maybe a couple of days before the State of the Union, which comes up on January thirtieth. But the federal government will only spend about two hundred billion, with the rest to be funded through partnerships with public and private sector groups. This is totally different viewpoint on this i mean we want to go back to the moon you know the president's talked about that that's how i see we go back to the moon so try to you know fill in the blanks here what are you hearing yeah so well again first of all thanks for having me today uh dave and happy new year to you and your listeners uh so we're hearing a lot from the president on this he's talked about it quite a bit he recognizes this is a place where there is some bipartisan support in the country, if not in Congress. You know, there's always going to be a fight in Congress and in Washington over anything the president wants to do. But he recognizes from coast to coast there are a lot of people who support uh, who support the development of infrastructure. And, and you kind of touched on it that the American Society of Civil Engineers gave our nation's infrastructure a D plus. Uh, we see that anywhere from roads and bridges and and you mentioned airports. So what I think he's going to do is he's going to he's going to spur some state and local and private investment by putting out a couple hundred billion dollars. And he thinks he can leverage this about four to one or five to one to increase uh, more economic and infrastructure activity. And one of the things he can also do, which he talks about a lot, is actually cutting back on uh, unnecessary regulations uh, and also on the amount of time it takes for a lot of these projects to get approved. He believes he can actually streamline that process working with the Army Corps of Engineers, working with other um, government agencies to make sure it doesn't take as long or it's not as risky for uh, a company to actually invest this money. And I'll, I'll take you right back to the code access pipeline. Now, you remember that that was completely um, approved by the federal government, uh, by the four states that it ran through. Uh, it was a 1,200-mile pipeline that was fully approved and was being built and then because of one uh, easement underneath the lake that went about 1,000 feet, it was almost stopped. And the prior administration, President Obama, I mean, uh, he had stopped the construction. It looked like he was going to, to disallow or not even allow that final easement to be put in place, even though all of the environmental and other regulatory hurdles had been met. So that type of uncertainty, when you're talking about a company, in that case ETP, Energy Transfer Partners, that have put up $3.8 billion to construct it. And then you get down to the last 1,000 feet and the, and the federal government's about to walk away. And that uncertainty, is it makes it a high risk for any of these companies to invest that kind of money. So just having regulatory certitude helps out um, a lot of these companies who have money to invest uh, actually make, make want to make those investments. Is this kind of a new thought process now for Washington where we're going to see this work between the federal government and public and private sector groups. I mean, we've seen some small things done in the past, but we're talking $800 billion here. That's a big deal. Yeah, it sure is. And I think the, the president and Congress tried to do that first, take that first step by, by uh, passing the tax, tax cuts last year. Uh, he thinks that if he can actually get some revenue going, uh, spur some investment, and, and get companies back in the U.S. that they will in, invest in in the United States and in infrastructure. And taking another look at, at the Dakota Access Pipeline, I mean, that's been on for six months. There was just a, an editorial in the Wall Street Journal over the weekend that talked about how it's actually increased production 
uh, out of the Bakken. Uh, it has reduced emissions because, of course, a pipeline uh, actually emits fewer emissions or no emissions compared to a, uh, a train or, or to or trucking. Uh, vehicles or, or truck. Right. And then in addition, uh, it is going to lead to about $250 million for North Dakota in revenue over the next two years. So they're seeing a win-win-win. And that's something that is the case simply because of the increasement, the increased investment in energy infrastructure. Go ahead. I have my power panel here. This is R.D. R.D., go ahead. Hey, Craig, thanks for being on the show. You know, what we've seen in the past from government, let's say, uh, is working between the federal government and the states. So the states, the federal government per se, the states wants to build some, some new interstates. So they say, we'll give you $250 million of free federal taxpayers' money coming out of the federal taxpayers if you will tax your get $50 million more from state tax money. And, you know, that's the way the stimulus package mm-hmm. very much worked from, from Obama, the Obama era. And that's what we're used to seeing in Arkansas is, hey, this, this is a good deal. We're going to get $250 million tax of free tax dollars from Washington, and all we have to do is, is tax you $50 million more in Arkansas, and everybody loses. Uh, <laughs> but, but except these companies that are building the roads, and you've got your people that sell equipment, you've got your concrete companies and your pave, asphalt companies, and they're all for it. So chronic capitalism what we're, is... what we're keeping doing, though, is raising the overhead of our government in lieu of saying it's for economic development. And so... Can you kind of say how this is going to be different from that? Sure. So, so I'm someone who actually supports user taxes and user fees, and you know, I think that you know, in order to have these major infrastructure projects, there does need to be a dedicated source of capital. Uh, one place that there continues to be discussion is raising the the gasoline tax, and I know that people don't like to to think about their their gasoline prices being raised, but if you think about it, when it was first, uh, the last time it was raised, it was it was over 20 years ago, and it's been 18 and a half cents. Uh, ever since per gallon. If we just peg that to the price of inflation, you'd be at 32 cents per gallon. Now, again, it needs to be directed towards uh, infrastructure projects, and it needs to be directed towards roads and bridges uh, in order to uh, make sure that it's being spent in a, in a wise and prudent way. But capital projects do do cost money. Uh, the one benefit, of course, is if you take a look at these major capital projects, they do create jobs. And these jobs they're not entitlement programs. These are jobs for thousands of people, sometimes tens of thousands of people, who then are able to, you know, pay taxes, who are able to uh, support their communities. So this is money that gets reinvested back into the community. It's not just a one-off. My only problem is, I'll tell you what, I'll believe that we can do it that way if they'll go in and change the law now so that 40% that they're spending on flower beds, on walking <laughs> trails, and on uh, bicycle paths and things, are, is rededicated back to just to the roads. I don't think it'll ever happen. Yeah, and that's a real problem. And that's that's I think one of the issues with with governance in this country. And it's it goes from the top down. And we need accountable leaders uh, and people who can actually uh, will actually stick to their words. And I think that's up to us as people who vote in these elections to make sure that we have people in there who are responsible with our money. Uh, you know, I'm a lifelong Republican, but I, this is the the Gain Coalition is bipartisan. Uh, it's actually led by a former uh, Democratic member of, of Congress from Maryland, uh, and he sees the same values and the same problems. The fact that we can't just be squandering the taxpayers' money. We have to make sure that they're actually going for a, a public purpose, and infrastructure is one, uh, I think, really beneficial public pur- pur- purpose. Yeah, this is, this is Paul Calvert here. I, I think I, I actually 
too I too like the idea of of user fees. It's it's basically a um, almost like a, it's, it's about as libertarian as you're going to get this side of heaven, I suppose. Of of, um, of <laughs> maybe that's a little sacrilegious. Sorry, um, but and and so I'm 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 okay with the idea of raising um, fuel taxes, but I want the other taxes cut, and because I, I like the idea of, of roads being paid for totally with um or, or primarily anyway with um with fuel taxes if you will because it's, it's it's like you said it's basically like a user fee you you use the roads you pay for it with your fuel taxes but i don't want my 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 county taxes going up to pay for this stuff i don't want my my um, income taxes going up to pay for this stuff they need to be going down to to reflect the difference and, and so so i like the idea of the user user aspect of the fuel tax paying for the roads but don't but like dave was saying when so much of it is being wasted on on garbage um, recreational programs like um, mm-hmm. walking trails, bike paths, and and um, and other kind of nonsense programs, and and you see there, there's been some bridges built around around here recently. They're not just simple bridges anymore. They've got architectural designs on them, it makes them all pretty and everything. You know that's that's kind of nice. But I don't want I don't want people with guns coming and taking money from me to build them to to make them pretty. Yeah, I mean that's that's a great point, and I think that a lot of uh, both people in the executive and legislative branches need to be thinking about how they're spending our, our taxpayer money. And I think that's not just a question in, in Little Rock and in Arkansas, but across the country. And you know, I'm from Western New York, where they've been talking about building a new peace bridge for I mean, I'm 40, probably for 30 years, <laughs> uh, and they simply just can't get out of their own way to get the thing done. Uh, but with major infrastructure projects. Uh, these are things that can actually spur development, and I think for Republicans especially, it's a wedge issue because there are a lot of union members out there who traditionally dem- vote Democratic who recognize that uh, this type of investment is smart uh, and actually creates jobs. And this is the type of project that and, and promise that President Trump made that I think helped him win places like Ohio, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, and something that's going to come up in the 2018 elections. All right, Craig Stevens is our guest, spokesperson for GAIN, and that stands for Grow America's Infrastructure Now. We'll be back with him uh, more in a moment. i got to get a quick break in here, Craig. You stay with us. We want to keep you for the half hour and talk further because I want to talk about are they going to still force states uh, to uh, have to pay union labor wages and things of that nature. Let's talk about that when we come back. You know, everything you know about uh, claiming your Social Security benefits has been turned upside down. Uh, New rules for claiming your benefits go into effect for the new year, and your decision can cost you tens of thousands of dollars in lost benefits over the time that you uh, secure your Social Security, higher taxes, increased Medicare uh, premiums. Now you can get the facts in the updated 2018 Guide to Social Security from David Lucas of the David Lucas Show right here on Saturdays at 10 a.m. on 96.5 FM, The Answer. The simple and easy-to-read guide is packed full of up-to-date information for 2018 that could help you avoid losing tens of thousands of dollars in lifetime benefits that are, of course, rightfully yours. To get your free 2018 Guide to Social Security, be one of the first 10 callers right now at 501 653 6690. 
501-653-6690. The number one more time, 501-653-6690. Our, our guest with us right now, Craig Stevens, who is the spokesperson for Grow America's Infrastructure Now or GAIN, uh, website gain.com gain.org what what's your uh, what's your website it's gainnow.org yep gainnow.org okay gainnow.org so what is the federal law that requires uh if you're doing a federal road project there's federal money involved that says that you got to use x amount of union labor and that affects the the amount that everybody gets paid and thing is that Taff Hartley? That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's correct. And I'm sure the president will turn, you know, his bullseye on that program. I would sure hope right. he would do that, but you know, it says a trillion dollars. The president is going to say it's going to cost the federal government should spend, let's say around 200 billion. Of course, these are, these are numbers that can change. We know how, you know, Congress and 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 uh, and the Senate are, but two hundred billion and eighty, uh, you know, eighty percent of that trillion is going to come through public and private sector. Private sector in what way? Public sector in what way? Is public sector what you were referring to as far as the gas tasks goes? Yeah, um, and I'm sure that some we we talk we talked about it before, but I'm sure some of it will actually just come from appropriations. Um, revenues raised by state, federal, and local governments. Okay. All right. So, and by the way, it's not Taft Hartley. It's Davis Bacon Act. That's what it was. The Davis Bacon Act. That, is, is that, that the that, one that also requires? The Bacon Act. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> We're used to that. That's the one that runs up all the costs. Yeah. 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 Is that the one that also requires um, that certain numbers of minorities and, and women and yes. whoever else? Okay. The, basically, the discrimination law. Yeah. Uh, absolutely and that's something that can be dealt with uh with the president i mean i think the president could probably uh come up with a presidential uh, executive order saying that if we're building highways that it doesn't apply or whatever if that happened but where's the where's the local money going to come into play where's the private money who who's whipping that up and who who's lining those folks up and how's that supposed to happen well, if you look at, for instance, energy infrastructure, right, okay. um, and I'll go back to, to, to pipelines, uh, natural gas pipelines, uh, crude oil pipelines, and then also uh, high-intensity energy wires, all that's private investment. All that's uh, actually being paid for by, uh, you know, the company it actually goes to the ratepayers ultimately. But, you know, if you look at any oil pipeline, that is being uh, actually the whether it's Williams or Energy Transfer Partners, any of these major, uh, mid, they're called midstream companies. They're actually fronting that money, uh, and then be, they I actually think. have yeah. to sell uh, the volume in order to make that money back. All right, all right. So, so we should hear. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm thinking most of the work that's actually needed would be on the federal level, though. I mean, really, our roads, our our bridges, things of that sort. I don't see private industry stepping in to take care of most of that, and I think that's where the pain's really coming these days. Well, you'll what? see. I don't disagree with you. You'll see some private investment in airports because the you know it's just by the way it's apportioned uh, that some of those uh, some of the airlines actually will pay, uh, and they what they do is they set up uh, individual um, you know local community 
they're incorpor- they're incorporated at, at the community level, but they're actually paid for um, with private dollars. And uh, there is some federal money and some and some local money that's put to that, but it is actually they they make money off the rent from the airlines. They make money off the rent off of the off of the vendors inside the airport. Mm-hmm. So you know there is a there is a way to actually do that. But when it comes to to federal uh, highways, you're actually right. You're it will be a lot of federal dollars. Um, you know, and I think another place we're going to see federal money um, is with the um, the wireless infrastructure. So you're actually going to see some federal dollars with that, but you'll also see places people like AT and T and Verizon investing in the next generation of wireless infrastructure. And I think that's really important. And the president talked about that in his security speech about how as we advance to a new generation of, of Wi-Fi that will include you know wireless homes and smart cities and and driverless vehicles, we have to make sure that our our wireless infrastructure are, are, is, is safe, is is immune from attack, uh, and actually built uh, to maintain the capacity that that each and every American is going to want to go out to pull off that. Craig, we appreciate your time. Just so you'll know, we're just 190 points away from 25,000 on the stock market right now. I hope by the end of the week we'll see that uh, be hit. But the president is going to talk more about this, and you you figure he's going to present something, maybe a program before the State of the Union or during the State of the Union? I think he'll start to to put something out before the State of the Union. I mean, uh, he had talked about it while he was in Mar-a-Lago. I know that his uh, senior policy folks at the White House are are working on this, along with some of his cabinet uh, cabinet members. So they want to make sure that this is done. So I would think that this will come out before before the State of the Union, but probably be something that highlights during that address. All right. We appreciate your time again. Uh, the website is gainnow.org, right? That's right. And thank you very much for having me. We appreciate having you. Happy New Year to you. We appreciate you joining us today on the Dave Ellswick Show here in cold uh, Little Rock. Coming up in the next hour, hang on. She's going to join us. Jane Morgan will be our guest here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Listen up, veterans. If you're a senior wartime veteran or a surviving spouse of a wartime veteran, you may be entitled to an improved pension benefit from the VA. This benefit is designed to help pay for the cost of assisted living and in-home care. As we get older, we may need the assistance of others, and this VA benefit is designed to help pay for that. Call me. I'm Kimbrough Stevens. In my law firm, the Juris Law Group specializes in helping folks get this much-needed benefit commonly referred to as aid and attendant. If you are a married veteran, you can receive as much as $25,000 per year. And we offer a no-risk consultation. So call us today and get the benefits you've earned. We have a proven track record and we know how to qualify veterans for this benefit. Call us at 501-400-8250 or look us up online at Jurist Law Group, J-U-R-I-S-T lawgroup.com. Call us at 501-400-8250 or Google me, Kimbrough Stevens, and we look forward to hearing from you. All right, we're back into the 3 o'clock hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Well, she was on a few weeks ago, and we probed, but we didn't get any kind of definite answer. Then on New Year's Eve, and I couldn't be there because I had my, my family all around me at New Year's Eve. That's always a good thing. Jan Morgan announced that she would run in primary Asa Hutchinson in the Republican Party. And she joins us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, Jan. 
It wasn't. Hi, it wasn't. It, you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. wasn't a Wasn't a big surprise to me, but I got to tell you, you uh, you generated a lot of excitement over the weekend. Well, good. You know, it's always good. Primaries are good for the party. They're good for the people. It gives people a choice. And I tell you what, in this state, we needed a choice because there is a very clear difference between Asa Hutchinson and Jan Morgan, many clear differences. And I, I'm hoping in the months ahead that, that we're going to be able to, to uh, show those, demonstrate those to the people so that the people have a choice and then they can decide what kind of government they want in this state. I've got my power panel here. I'm going to let them join in here, Jan, because you, you, get ti- you get tired of hearing my same old questions. I'm looking over, and Elizabeth is here, and Elizabeth, you go ahead. Oh, I'm just excited that you announced over the weekend, Miss Jan. I could not be there either, but my next, my seatmate here, Mr. R.D. Hopper, was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a okay. great time. We had a great Wonderful. time. Well, thanks for coming out. It was, it was an incredible night for sure. Yeah, I think you did a good job. You know, like you said, I think a lot of people know you about the Second Amendment. They know where you stand on that. But I know your message on on education and your background with education in your family and smaller government, being a small business person. I think being a small business person gives you a, a little bit of reality about the government being the problem in Arkansas jobs <laughs> instead of the solution. Yeah. Right. But, you know, it's not only my experience, my personal experience as a small business owner, but I'm telling you, I have traveled this state over the past six months. I have been, well, that's as the old song goes, I've been everywhere, man. Yeah, I got <laughs> you. Over this state. And I, not only talking to people, but more importantly, listening to the people. And what I heard was what I've been going through as a small business owner and as a citizen of this state and the things I was seeing, I wasn't alone. And listening to the stories of other businesses in this state, business owners, listening to teachers, listening to parents, uh, listening to, the, to people from all walks of life, I, I realized that somebody had to step up. And they asked me to step, to step up to the plate and show that there is that, that what true conservatism really is. You know, Asa Hutchinson has talked the talk over the past six months because he felt I was going to be primarying him. So he's been talking like a conservative again, but unfortunately for him, his record uh, speaks otherwise. And he's going to have to defend that, and it's indefensible as a Republican. And that's, I, I'm, a, I'm a solid Republican. Isn't it amazing that under Asa's leadership, the Republican Party platform, the state Republican Party platform changed. They, they struck the words limited government out of their platform. Imagine that. And didn't tell anybody. (laughs) And didn't tell anybody. But but Asa has been busy growing government. And see, that's the the toughest part uh, that uh, people have told me. You've got to reach people that don't understand what that means. Well, I'm telling you, I believe the people of this state are awake. (laughs) I believe that they are smarter than Asa Hutchinson and the establishment gives them credit for being. And I don't think they're going to go to the polls and just, you know, check the Republican box. I think that they're looking at candidates and they're going to they're going to select the candidate who's going to represent them. And there is definitely no one going to be on that ballot, whether they're Democrat, independent, libertarian, Republican, that's going to represent the people of the state more than Jan Morgan, because that is the reason I'm stepping up, folks. I am not a politician. You know that. You guys know that. I don't want to be a politician. I love my life. I have an amazing life. But people by the thousands have said somebody has got to get this guy out of office, and you're the only person with a large enough base to topple that boat. And so, uh, you know, we've put together a platform based on what the people have said they want from their government, because honestly, this is not about me. It's about the people. There is going to be a revolution of sorts, I believe, a peaceful revolution 
of the people in this next election. Just like they, they showed up in force to elect Donald Trump, they sent a very strong message to the establishment and to the government in general that they are tired of politics as usual. They are tired of their politicians representing special interests. They want their politicians to represent them, the people who sent them to office. And you remember that video of me in House Judiciary. I went nuclear on Republicans for acting and voting like Democrats. People are tired of rhinos. Look, if Asa Hutchinson would just go and run on a Democratic ticket, he and I would get along just fine because that's how he governs. Uh, the problem I have with Asa is that he's running with an R by his name, and that is that is that is very uh, disconcerting to me. So, so he'd be a good Democrat, in your opinion? He, he would be an awesome Democrat. He, he would he would give Jared Henderson a great run for his money for sure. In fact, <laughs> listen to Jared. I think Jared said recently that, and that's the Democrat for those of you who don't know, who's running for governor. Uh, he said he's just one step to the left of Asa. Now, what kind of testimony is that for a Republican governor? That's not one that Asa wants out, I'm sure. I got I got to jump in and say that, uh, yeah, you're right. The governor has known that you were going to primary him, has known that for sure. quite some time. And a, a, a really good example of that, while I was on vacation, was the story that came out on December 29th about uh, the open carry is in law, governor tells officials he told the the arkansas state police this now paul can can testify to this over the last what three years paul i've been screaming that the governor or the the attorney general or somebody it took him two years of that three years should be very very clear about uh, that act and that it did allow open carry because people Mm -hmm. were suffering under that i mean drew tanner is a perfect example of somebody who suffered because they wouldn't speak up. And now, here he sends a letter to the ASP. And even now, it was, it was, it was too little too late, and it still wasn't even accurate. Yeah, go it ahead. Was very, it was very transparent. But let me tell you, not, not only the Drew Tanner story, but let me tell you some heavy-hitting truth here about the gun owners in this state. There is mass confusion on the issue of carry rights in this state. And the Republicans should have cleared that up on day one in office. I hold Leslie Rutledge responsible for not clarifying that. And I hold Governor Asa Hutchinson. And, yes, he's just stepping up on the constitutional carry issue because I'm, I'm primarying him. But the truth of the matter is he didn't even get that right. He said in his one sentence, which I have a copy of the post from his social media page, in, in one sentence, his first sentence, he says, we have constitutional carry in the state of Arkansas. But then in the very next sentence, he says this. That is not inconsistent with a requirement for a license to conceal carry. He says, this is my interpretation of current law, and everyone should also check with their local prosecutor because some have different interpretation. Now, as a leader of the state, for him to stand up and give prosecuting attorneys the right to overstep their constitutional authority and decide in their county what the gun rights are of the citizens in that county is the most egregious failure as a leader that I have ever seen. I put it above anything Barack Obama ever did when he was in office. But here's what has to be done. First of all, constitutional carry. The governor knows that we have that in this state per Article 2 of the Arkansas Constitution. And then furthermore, in the same Constitution, if you go on down in Article 2, Section 29 clarifies and guards against any encroachment by state government to regulate or infringe. Those are the words of our state constitution. Governor Hutchinson and I, 
I suggest you read it. it. It would be very beneficial for you because if he and I ever face off in a debate, you better know it inside out uh, because I do. And the citizens of this state are learning about that, regardless of what the state legislators do. They can't legislate. They can't infringe or encroach on the constitutional rights of the citizens in this state, and that's our own state constitution. The only way our constitution can be changed is for the citizens to vote. Legislators cannot regulate or infringe. So every gun law in the state of Arkansas right now that legislators have imposed on the people is actually an, an, an infringement and an inviolation of the Article Two of our state constitution. So for the governor to confuse people and say we have constitutional carry in one sentence, then the next sentence says that we have to – that's not inconsistent with a licensing program. He needs to look up the definition of constitutional carry. Look it up. Legal definition, constitutional carry, is a right to carry concealed or open without a license from any entity. Yeah, so, so, so I wonder what how, how does he how, how does he reconcile this licensing business with liberty? I mean, would he also be in what, favor what of a, does, of a license to, to, to for free speech? It exactly. It, it you can't legislate rights. That's the whole point of the United States Bill of Rights, and it certainly is the point of our Arkansas Constitution and the Article Two. So. You know, I, that issue alone should cost him this election. That is a total failure as a leader. But but because people have said, well, Jan Morgan is just a single-issue candidate, I have put out our policy positions on a number of issues. Arkansas has so many problems that we need to address, and ASA has been taking us the wrong direction. We're going to take us the right direction, and we're going to take us to the top of the ranks in America in, in various categories instead of racing to the bottom, which is where ASA has been taking us. Hey, hey Jan, can I, can I read something from your website here? I, I was kind of impressed sure. with something here. So I'm, on jobs, it says, you're, you're under um, page, it says, government does not create jobs. People, cre- people create businesses, and businesses create jobs. Arkansas small businesses are the economic engine of our state, not government. We should not pick winners and losers through corporate welfare programs that, econ- that economists have shown do not produce the economic growth and jobs that they promise. Instead of giving away taxpayer money for foreign to foreign or new companies to come here and compete with current Arkansas businesses, let's provide tax and regulatory relief to our existing businesses. Mm-hmm. Let's let the free market decide. That is cool. This is Let's do economic development, but let's do it in, in the way of Basically, let's stop violating people's rights and allow them to grow their businesses rather than doing this corporate welfare, this this crony capitalism that seems so popular among the socialist Republicans, so-called conservatives, that are, that are yes, basically end up being conservative socialists. We're going to do socialism in a conservative way. That. The people who are aware of it are sick of it. The, the governor's discretionary fund is the first thing I would eliminate, day one. Uh, I had heard it's up to $100 million. Last I know for sure and can, can uh, substantiate it was at $20 million. But that's $20 million of our taxpayer dollars that he can turn around, which he has, and give just hand to his political buddies who are in private business. These are, these are our tax dollars as a business owner that have been generated off of our businesses that he gets to have in his hands and turn around and hand to his personal buddies who have right. been political, and, and then, political and, favors, like like Taekwondo and Associates. He gave them $950,000 to put a business in, in Little right, Rock. Right, and then, now, and then some, some big giant corporation moves in, and, and you have to compete with them well, while, yes, while you're so paying taxes, and they get China, all kinds of breaks. If, if people knew how much money it was costing us every time he goes over to China, and if they knew how much of their tax dollars he's giving, not to encourage Chinese people to buy our products that we manufacture and and produce here, but to entice 
Chinese business people to move to America, to open companies in America. We're paying for that, by the way. Huge tax incentives, huge tax exemptions. We're even paying them millions of dollars for job training programs so they can train our employees. Now, think as a private business owner what you could do with that kind of money from your governor. I just, want them out of, I just want them out of my hair. I don't want free handouts. I just want them to get yeah, out of my life exactly. and quit That's violating whole, me. That is the reason capitalism works best when the government stays out of it. Free market enterprise works. Our founding fathers knew what they were doing. The only time capitalism has failed us is when the government stepped in and got involved, when they started bailing out businesses, private businesses and private companies. That's where we started making our mistakes. Uh, the government which governs least, governs best. That I believe in. One of our founding fathers said that. I'll never forget it, and that's the way Jan Morgan would govern. Yep. Thomas Jefferson said that. You hang in there, Jan. We'll be right back. Yes, sir. Got to take a quick break here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Our guest is uh, Jan Morgan, and she's running in the Republican primary to be governor of the state of Arkansas. And, Elizabeth, you had a question. Well, I do. Um you know, Trump ran against the status quo, Jan, and he mm-hmm. did get elected. Uh, he's run yes. into quite a buzzsaw there in Congress trying to get any of his agenda passed. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering sure. about the same situation here. If lightning should strike twice and you get elected, what are we going to do with the Arkansas legislature? Well, let me tell you this. I'm glad you asked that question because I have the support of a number of our most conservative legislators. And let me tell you, one of the reasons I got in this race is because of the heavy-handed bullying of Asa Hutchinson on our conservative legislators, twisting their arms, intimidating them to mm-hmm. vote with the Democrats on issues that they clearly knew were in conflict with what their constituency, the way their constituency wanted them to vote. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to do is get out of the way of these legislators. And expect our Republican conservative legislators to do – I'm going to free them up to vote on issues that their constituency sent them to vote on and to vote like their constituency wants them to vote. The reason we had trouble in this last legislative session as Republicans is because the governor was leaning that liberal arm on them Mm -hmm. heavily. If you free them up, we've got a a number of great lawmakers up there. We have some of the best legislators, and they – I'm telling you, when you walk into that Capitol – it's like walking into a home where you've got a, an abused family. <laughs> they are terrified and intimidated. And if you look, our most conservative legislators, Brian King, Senator Linda Collins-Smith, Josh Miller, those people in almost every case now have an opponent who is buddies with Asa Hutchinson oh, yeah. and his machine. So they're up against that. And see, that kind of intimidation. So you've got Republican lawmakers not doing what they need to do because of this kind of pressure. And that needs to stop. And that same kind of pressure was applied to county Republican Party chairs. They stood up mm-hmm. at the state Republican mm-hmm. Party meeting this year. They stood up mm-hmm. and, and faced the, the Hutchinson machine and the state Republican Party establishment machine and said, no, sir, we're going to have Jan Morgan come speak at our meetings. You're not going to tell us who can and can't speak at our county, uh, county Republican Party committee meetings. And uh, there was the biggest slap down I've ever seen. <laughs> we need uh, we need those conservatives to step up and say they're behind you because the grassroots they, will really respond to that. They they can't in the primary because they fear retaliation. Oh, only primary, Asa and his folks can do that. Yeah. Yeah, and they and boy can they do it. 
can they, you know, I've had people want to, to donate money to me. And we've had the same kind of problem with people saying, well, you know, if I donate money, is he going to come after me? It, it, <laughs> well, it's they better step up. After me. They got to step that's up. That's not going to, that's not going to stop everybody. Hey, Jen, would you, you're going to have to step up. Jen, no, would you tell us? I have to step up because they put me out there. They've asked me to step out there. I'm yes, standing ma'am. in front of a, a wall of bullets, and they're going to have to stand behind me and fight back. If they don't, then they're going to they deserve what they get, which will be another tenure of Asa Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, we hope they do it. But hey, uh, one question: What do you think the government's role in it is in healthcare? The best thing government can do about healthcare is to get out of the healthcare business. <laughs> I I am not for socialized medicine. What does the government do well, honestly? Our biggest mistake was socialized medicine to begin with. Uh, we need we Asa further complicated the problem by choosing the Medicaid expansion. He should never have done that. We should have, at the very least, done what Scott Walker, Governor Scott Walker, did. Uh, we've got a mess in that respect, but we can fix it. We do need to step up there, up to the plate, though, and uh, get out of it on our own terms before the federal government uh, creates a further mess. I'm hoping. That we're going to see some uh, some return to uh, private uh, private uh, healthcare options for the people again. I'm not. I, I understand that there are people in this state who need insurance and need help, and I'm certainly not for leaving those people hanging. But I don't want the government telling me who my doctor has to be and what healthcare I need. Uh, I want the government out of my healthcare business. All right, Jan. Thanks for being with us today, and uh, don't be a stranger. You're always welcome oh, on the show. Thank you. Thank All you. Right. I appreciate that. All Thanks right. for stepping we'll talk out. to you later now. Bye-bye. All right. Jan Morgan running for governor. Primaries in May. But here, I'm going to I'm gonna say something hard that's going to piss some people off. I'm going to say it anyway because I saw it happen to Curtis Coleman. All right. And uh, bottom line is this. A lot of people pushed Curtis to run. I mean, pushed him. I mean, Very every hard. time they talked to him. Yes, run, 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 run. But when he ran, nobody opened a wallet. Nobody opened a checkbook. Nobody did nothing. Uh, He raised uh, other money, other ways. uh, And the bottom line was money is the mother's milk of politics. Mm -hmm. If you want Jan Morgan to have a shot, you got to open your wallets, folks. It ain't just, I mean, burning shoe leather is well and good, but it's going to take more than burning shoe leather Right, you know, you gotta you gotta be able to buy the push cards to put yep. in the doors and the door that and the you're sign. out there burning right. your shoe leather and, up and about. Le- unless you can come up with a hundred thousand people to burn shoe leather, then then hey, how about a hundred thousand people just give two dollars? Well, that that would be That's a big. Right. That would be a if big, everybody out there who's behind Ms. Morgan would send her a five dollar bill. You've got a lot of that covers a lot of ground. Right, right, and and so so people need to put their mouth their money <laughs> money where their mouth is on some of these issues. And I'm I'm kind of excited about what I, what I'm seeing. I I I just kind of despise the election process because I just I hate dealing with candidates themselves. I like the issues a whole lot more than I like the the candidates. But but I'm 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 kind of excited about what some of the stuff I'm seeing the issues themselves here. I, I like what I read on our on our page um, about um, who creates jobs and and how do we create jobs in a way that's that's um, consistent with liberty and justice oh use a democrat world word (laughs) equitable it's not government's government's job to create jobs okay exactly it's (laughs) not not. government's job to create jobs and if and if it's and if there's an issue that you know if we cut government we're gonna have to fire some people in government if that's your excuse for keeping these keeping this government program going 
you need to be fired probably yeah that's just like the guy that called in earlier nothing against the gentleman craig that called in earlier uh promoting the new uh 30 seconds the, infrastructure. The new infrastructure, infrastructure program but it doesn't need to come out of the taxpayers pocket but i'll challenge the people out there that are business owners that wants less taxes and less regulations they need to send Jan Morgan a thousand dollars if you're serious. They need a hundred people to send her a thousand dollars if you want less taxes and 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 less uh, uh, health care reform. And you're, if you and you know if you don't support Jan, then you should send Asa some money. I'm just telling. I'm right. just being honest Pick a with side. you. That's exactly you know right. What? Pick a side. Well, That's you know, right. Put some money. Put your put money behind where your mouth is. All right. Let's take a break. We'll be back. After Fox News. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about Safari Pets, 808 West Main in Cabot. Their phone number is 628-0067, safari-pet.com. They offer everything that you need for your pet or pets. And some of you got new pets over the holidays. And if you got questions about how to take care of them, what are some things you might need? I mean, look, if you got a bearded lizard, uh, maybe somebody, uh, in they're trying to be, you know, good to you or whatever. And they gave you, uh, a, a, a warm stone to put inside, uh, you know, the, the aquarium you got, that's not the way to keep your lizard warm anymore. You, you do it through using of lights and things of that nature. Safari pets can get into it specifically and tell you everything you need to know about all of that and every other kind of animal that they carry whether it's a normal pet or it's an exotic pet. That's all happening at Safari Pets, 808 West Main and Cabot. They are the largest independent pet store in Arkansas, 808 West Main in Cabot. All right, we've got uh, about 24 minutes to go here in this half hour. Let's jump on the phone. Reggie is down there in the Hot Springs area. Reggie, how are you and uh, what you got? Well, it's cold in hot springs. Yeah, that's right. It's cold <laughs> springs today, brother. Yes, sir. Well, uh, R.D., are you ready? Huh? Go ahead. I'm ready. You, you you know, I don't need a task force to tell me about how to come up with economic development because you can't have economic development without economic freedom. And what what was said a little while ago is, is true. We, we need to get the government off the small business and any business we need to get them off our back this is what you know trump's doing the same thing uh a banker a little while ago posted something about one of the banks was raising their uh, uh minimum wage and they were going to give the tellers a a bonus so you know my boss had always said, you know, when he has money, he likes to share it with his employees because he knows good employees, you know, make good good business. And this is one of the the needs that that uh, drives the the state, the system, is people making money, that money, that dollar turning. And uh, I appreciate what was said earlier that Jan said. All right, All right. we appreciate you calling in. I mean. I like Jan Morgan because she is a straight shooter, and I I hope we get at least one debate between her and Asa because I'll watch it. Wouldn't that a, be great? A big old bucket of popcorn, <laughs> and and it, because it's going to be entertaining to say the least. Yes, sir. Well, but hopefully that'll we that'll happen. And I appreciate what you said earlier about you know 
the the milk, mother's milk or whatever it was, it's the lifeblood of a campaign is money. Yeah. And I hear, I say people wanting bumper stickers and cards and posters and, and yard signs. Cost well, money. That stuff, that stuff doesn't, isn't laying out here under a tree somewhere. Cough up some money. If, you know, put your money where your mouth is. That, you know, that's belly exactly aching. right. Reggie, that's exactly right. Like we just, we said just a moment ago in the last half hour, if everybody who liked Jan Morgan and wanted her to run and has walked up and shook her hand and said, I'm glad you're running. If in their hand, when they shook her hand, they gave her a ten, mm-hmm. a $10 bill, mm-hmm. you know, she could mount, you know, a, com- a campaign, but look, Asa's got over a million dollars. I mean, it's and gonna, I've done it, that. I've done that, Dave. I've handed, you know, somebody a, a 10 or a 20. Yeah. They appreciate that. It don't take they a need. It, they need it. It don't take a hundred or a thousand. It takes a whole bunch of $10 bills. That's what I it believe. It takes a whole bunch. It takes both. I think it takes both, whatever you can afford to do. That's because you're every rich. You're a business owner. You're <laughs> every rich. business. Hey, <laughs> hey, I look at everything as an investment and, uh, investment and investment in smaller government and less government intrusion into your business, into your health care, and into your everyday lives is a good investment. R.D., what happens when you put money back in your business? Yeah, you you hire more people right now, just like just like you're saying. You hire more people if I put money back in my business. I may, I put more money in my business, I make more money. And right now I compete, right. I compete at the auctions with out-of-country buyers buying against me who do not live in a socialist state, and they do not have the overhead that I have. So I need a cut in my overhead, uh, overhead so I can compete with people that live in countries that are freer than ours is. But it, it's, a shame that li- it's a shame that, he's li- that we're living in America and Artie Hopper sits there and, 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 and gripes about the fact that he's having to compete with other countries like maybe Russia or, or Saudi Arabia or wherever it is. Abu and, Dhabi. They're, and they're freer than we are in the industry of, of car sal- auto salvage. I mean, how is how did that happen? And we still call ourselves a free country. How it's how did that down, happen? Paul. Yeah, and we it's sit backwards. here and, and and we sing our own praises about liberty and justice, and, and and Artie Hopper over here has to compete with 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 basically totalitarian regi- regimes in some cases, perhaps that are and, and their industry is freer than ours. Okay. I'll leave it with this: free market works. <laughs> you got that right. It's Thanks, that, Dave. that, that form of economics has re- taken more people out of poverty than any other economic theory that's out there. Whenever, whenever some kid leaves the small town to come to little rock or somewhere else to go to work and to learn a trade and to be able to make the best of every opportunity he can and open buy his own business someday and be his own boss, we want him to have the best chances for success as he have as he can have. And the only way we can do that is lower the price and getting in business and make less regulations. So those kids can have the same opportunity that we've had. Well, when we get back, I want to start playing some audio for you guys. We'll talk. We've been talking uh, local politics here. Most of the show thus far going to move into some national politics for you. When we come back, Uh, For instance, uh, play something from Netanyahu when we come back just in just a moment. Let's talk about the stupidity of the left and how they are reacting 
to the demonstrations in the streets of Iran right now. And I'm talking stupidity, stupidity, absolute stupidity. Trump derangement syndrome. Yeah, we'll get to that in just a moment uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. While I've got your attention on that, let me tell you about what David Lucas has got going on. He lets you know that, you know, everything's about ready to change, about claiming your Social Security benefits has been turned upside down. And uh, new rules for claiming your benefits go into effect for the new year. And your decision could cost you tens of thousands of dollars in lost benefits over the time that you collect your Social Security. And uh, it could mean higher taxes, increased Medicare premiums. You can get all these facts in the updated 2018 Guide to Social Security from David Lucas of the David Lucas Show right here on 96.5 The Answer. Uh, The simple and easy-to-read guide is packed full of up-to-date information for 2018 that could help you avoid losing tens of thousands of dollars in lifetime benefits that are rightfully yours. So to get your free 2018 Guide to Social Security, you need to be one of the first 10 callers right now at 501-653-6690. That number again, 501-653-6690, All right, back on the Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, I want to, instead of playing Netanyahu, I want to play something else first. Let's start off with Art Laffer. Art Laffer was on President Reagan's Economic Council. Uh, and he had an interesting thing to say over the weekend, and uh, let me play it for you. I mean, uh, it seems pretty optimistic on Wall Street. There's a lot of bit of attention on the tax changes, but tell us a bit about regulatory reform, because that is something the president has been really zeroing in on. Well, regulatory reform has been quite exceptional. I mean, he's had all of these executive orders which have really changed the regulatory environment dramatically. Uh, you know, he got rid of the mandate, which is an enormous benefit in the left in the tax bill. He's also withheld the funds for the insurance companies, the subsidized insurance companies, which all it does is pump up the price. That, that's all it subsidies do. And so he's done a really great job on all of that. Now, the tax bill is my favorite, as you might imagine, Eric. Uh, what he's done there is just out of sight. It's just it's better than we did with Reagan in the first year, by the way. It's a lot better. Well, you know, but, you know, critics say it's a giveaway to the corporations, to the rich, to the top one percent. You know, how do you answer that? Well, let me just say that going from a 35 percent tax rate to a 21 percent tax rate for every dollar you earn at 35 percent, you get to keep 65 cents at 21 percent. You get to keep 79 cents. That's a 21 percent increase in the after tax return on investments. So obviously these companies that have potential investments are going to invest like mad. Those companies that don't have good investment opportunities. They're going to give the money back to employees or to shareholders and stock buybacks or dividends and let them do the investing for them. So it's really a red herring, these people saying, well, they might keep it and spend it or pay buybacks. That's silly. This will really increase investments, output, employment and production, and also reduce the tax sheltering and all these lawyers and favor grabbers and lobbyists are doing. It'll reduce all of that as well. I just think this is the most wonderful bill imaginable that could be passed, and and he's done it. All right, so there you go. That's Art Laffer, all right? And he says 
that the Trump administration is much further along on tax policy than Reagan was in his first year. Of course, with, you know, something to say about that. Reagan, when he came in after Jimmy Carter, had to deal with inflation that was out of sight and percentages on, like, home mortgages that were, like, at 19%. Yeah, people were excited to get a, get a, a mortgage loan interest rate at, what, 13 or 14% or something like that back in the 80s. And that that was... I guess was it seventy one that the, the the federal government basically defaulted on the dollar with the gold from an international standpoint, and so I think we were still reeling from that, and it took what was it about twenty twenty five years to kind of to, to to kind of overcome some of that, and and so yeah, the eighties were a mess from a financial standpoint. It seems like okay. Now you heard them talking about well, those companies may not. Uh you know, pass that money along to the people who are working along the lines of putting their products together. I like to keep it under their you mattress know, at home. They're, they're going to take, they're going to take uh, that money and put it back into the companies, raising stock prices and giving stockholders more money. Let me read something to you. Cause I've known this for a long time. When I was a young man, uh, that seems so long ago, but when I was a young man, <laughs> You couldn't get, I couldn't play in the stock market. The only people who played in the stock market were money, people who had a ton of money. That's the only people who got to play in the stock market. Here you go. Young people are less likely to benefit from the stock rally that's going on right now because less than a third of people ages 18 to 29 own stocks on average. Uh, right now that according to a Gallup survey. Okay. So they're not, they're like most young people. They're not thinking about when they're going to turn 65 or 70 years old. So they're not putting money away. They think uh, big Papa government's going to give them a big bottle with a nipple on the end of it <laughs> and let them uh, suckle off of that. However, listen closely to this. Nearly two thirds of Americans between 30 and and 64 own stocks. So I'll tell you what, if companies can make themselves stronger, can make their stocks worth more, which makes my 401k go up instead of down like it did with Obama, I'm all about it. Because I can tell you my 401k, I've made my money back that I lost in 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, and I made that money back, and now I'm making good money going on now since stock market's up about 23%. Yeah, it's booming the last year. Yes, it is, and it's going to continue booming uh, with some of these tax changes that uh, have happened uh, under under Trump right now. So I'm all about what he's doing. I'm in, man. I'm in. I'm part of that two-thirds. There's more people that are in the stock market than are not in the stock market. CNN did a big story about this and said, young people won't see as much out of the stock, you know, uh, 26% growth that oh, other people will. They might have a job. Dumb. They're like most young people. They might have a job. They're right. dumb. That, that is, I didn't know anything is, about the stock market when I was that, in the that 20s. That is one of the drawbacks yeah. of being young is that you just don't know as much stuff. And yeah. it's, it's part they're, of life. They're young and full of you know what. Anyway. This is a philosophy issue. 
less is more, less taxes means more business and more jobs or more government means more jobs and, and, and more, well, more it, prosperity. It's, more, it's, it, it, it's a fundamental, it's well, fundamental philosophy issue. If you tax less, it's better. It's better. Or if you tax more, then you have more socialism and it's better. So which side do you want to be on? Which do you want? It's kind of a fundamental issue. Do you want liberty? Liberty is you keep more of your money, you do what you want. and Or socialism is basically you want a master to make decisions for you. Do you think you're too stupid to make your own decisions? Or do you think you're smart enough to make your own decisions? That's kind of a fundamental issue. Do we actually want liberty or do we want a master? So many cases, we just want a master. That's exactly right. And pick a side. And stand yeah, on it. The fact is that we, we're not, we're so many, so many people today in America, we don't know what we want. We just, well, we want free stuff, but we also want to be able to fornicate and watch porn and, and do all kinds of other things. But so what's, what's, what do we want? Do we want liberty or do we want a, a big government teat out here to suck on? A lot of people. That would be B. Yeah. <laughs> a lot, a lot of people want a really big bottle with a nipple on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know that. And you can't make everybody happy. The problem is, is too many times the Republicans are trying to play both sides. Pick a side. Do you believe that economic development is raising our gas tax and providing more jobs? Or do you believe that less government will create more money to build more roads? Here's my whole thing, R.D., that I've never understood about Republicans who want to act like Democrats or Democrat light is what I call it. Because they're not all the way in no, on, they're, on no, they're not. but, uh, but you're right. simple here's here's the key who are the people going to support all right the people that you're trying to reach if you're acting democrat light are they going to go for the person who says they're going to give you a full loaf of bread <laughs> or the person who says they'll give you a half a loaf of bread or how about the one that just got the loaf of bread and now wants to complain because in the future, I don't think you're going to get one, but I'll keep mine. But I'm just saying but the, the, the whole key <laughs> right. is here is, look, you can't, you cannot get out and be competitive with somebody who is willing to give a full loaf of bread by saying to somebody, well, vote for me and I'll give you a, a half, half a loaf of right. bread. No, I think it's an excellent point to say that give these people an actual option between you know, we want liberty or, or, or liberty and justice on one side, or we want socialism on the other. The Democrats are offering socialism. They don't. They're not ashamed of that. Republicans come along and say, you know what, we we like socialism too, but just not. Co- we're going to do it right. We're going to do it a little bit more of a con- in a conservative fashion than the Democrats are. So vote for us for conservative, compassionate right. socialism. We're going to take socialism from 138 percent of poverty and move it down to 100, and you'll have cheaper socialism. <laughs> yeah, it's cheaper socialism. <laughs> I mean, come on. Conservative socialism. What, what do we actually want? And I think Dave's point is excellent. When you offer someone who has their handout the, the, the option between a, a bigger handout versus a smaller handout, guess which one they take? So the people who may have their hands out may say, you know what? If there's a job, I probably don't have to take a handout. And I <laughs> mm-hmm. probably can even make more money mm-hmm. at it. That's where we used to say as conservatives is, you know, give a man a fish and he eats for a day, teach a man to, to fish and he eats for a lifetime. Right. That's that. It's all, you know, it's a totally different. It's a different right, way of looking way at, of things. Looking at and, things. And, and, get, and if they'll get out of our way, guess what? 
employers will will go out and teach people to fish, and they don't have to collect taxes for that. R.D. Hopper will hire people and teach them how to work if the government will get out of his way. I'll and, hire right people now. and teach them how to work if the government will get out of my way. But there's so many things that it's just illegal for me to do it. So guess what? I sit at home and I and I I find other things to do that are legal. It's it's We're just at. not good I mean, for people to be on welfare, though. No, I it's mean, not. And not to work. Arthur Brooks talks about this. He talks a lot about happiness. And we are made to be able to kind of work to make our way. And when we're not able to do that, I think it contributes to a downward slide, you know, in society, in, in your demeanor, Absolutely. in the way you look at yourself, in the way you look at your family and the things that are going on around you. It's not good. All right. We're just about out of time for this hour. When we come back, we got a lot of things to, to cover. want to cover what's going on in Iraq with you guys. want to talk about that and how the left are saying, we can't be talking about, hey, you Iranians, we're behind you. For some reason, that would cause problems, I guess. But we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about the New York Times actually praised President Trump on the economy. Uh, Fox News uh, has a story about a new California law that bans gun owners from buying ammo online. We'll talk about that. And Rich Lowry Talks about Pakistan. Let me say that the way Gotta CNN. Say it right. Pakistan. Pakistan. Uh, how they're not our friend. They're a devious adversary for the United States. And uh, Conway came out and said, hey, are you guys listening to what the president says? He says, you want a deal on DACA? Then we got to build the wall. We'll talk about all of this coming up in the next hour. Listen up, veterans. If you're a senior wartime veteran or a surviving spouse of a wartime veteran, you may be entitled to an improved pension benefit from the VA. This benefit is designed to help pay for the cost of assisted living and in-home care. As we get older, we may need the assistance of others, and this VA benefit is designed to help pay for that. Call me. I'm Kimbrough Stevens. In my law firm, the Juris Law Group specializes in helping folks get this much-needed benefit, commonly referred to as aid and attendance. If you are a married veteran, you can receive as much as $25,000 per year, and we offer a no-risk consultation. So call us today and get the benefits you've earned. We have a proven track record, and we know how to qualify veterans for this benefit. Call us at 501-400-8250 or look us up online at Jurist Law Group, J-U-R-I-S-T lawgroup.com. Call us at 501-400-8250 or Google me, Kimbrough Stevens, and we look forward to hearing from you. <laughs> that You have to admit, Russ, that's pretty good, man. I'll have to do that for a new, a new opening. You have to do that for Someday, <laughs> when you think about the fact that you won your second championship in 200 years. <laughs> <laughs> Just singing. Singing uh, Go Cubs Go, and I was thinking, maybe I should change it. Go, Dave, go. Go, <laughs> Dave, go. I could get Blake Woodson to do it for me. He could sing it. Yeah, he's about <laughs> the only one who could who would edit it together for you, too. <laughs> I wouldn't touch that with the... Uh, uh, I know. I don't know what I wouldn't touch it with. Get yourself in trouble. You know what I'm uh, buying? I got it on the way, Russ. It'll be hanging in the studio, hopefully, when the uh, cameras go on. An Israeli flag. That was a loaded question, Dave. <laughs> I got an Israeli flag coming. Is it on the way? Yes, it is. Then you're going to have two. 
I'm going to have a big Israeli flag. You're going to have two. I'm going to have two? You're going to have two. You got one coming? Because you got a U.S. and an Israeli flag oh, coming. Oh, well, I gotta put, yeah, I got to put the American flag up. Then I got to put the Christian flag up. And then nobody be able to see us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of wall room left in here. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we're going to be putting the... Uh, the flag redecorate. of so to speak, up yeah. in the studio here. Well, you got to redecorate after the camera's coming anyway. Yes. Speaking of, let's talk about Prime Minister Netanyahu over in Israel, who is not afraid to tell the Iranian people, get out there and get rid of those despots who are over, you know, got you under their thumbs. And people say, well, people are getting killed over You know what? When you want to be free, you're willing to, to, to lay your life out there. Freedom is not free. That's exactly right. I tell you what, the women who are standing up in Iran and taking off the, I don't know how the to burka. say it right, the burqa, the hijab, and all yeah. this, and getting arrested. And then we have women in Conway who run around who are Christian women who are wearing one for solidarity. It just incenses me. Those women in Iran are giving up their lives yeah, for they're being put in jail for for their beliefs. Okay, so it's you a know. shador in Iran. It's what? It's a shador. A shador. Yes, that word. Okay. I didn't know how to say it correctly. But, but the, the bottom line, yeah, they're taking them off, and that's against the law, folks. But those people, again, they want their freedom, and they're out there doing what they need to do to get it. And yes, they're dying for it. What and yet, you? we have people here in America who won't even go vote. Yeah, so let's hear what the Prime Minister had to say. Here's Prime Minister Netanyahu. I heard today Iran's President Rouhani's claim that Israel is behind the protests in Iran. It's not only false, it's laughable. And unlike Rouhani, I will not insult the Iranian people. They deserve better. Brave Iranians are pouring into the streets. They seek freedom. They seek justice. They seek the basic liberties that have been denied to them for decades. Iran's cruel regime wastes tens of billions of dollars spreading hate. This money could have built schools and hospitals. No wonder mothers and fathers are marching in the streets. The regime is terrified of them, of their own people. That's why they jail students. That's why they ban social media. But I'm sure that fear will not triumph. Because the Iranian people are smart. They're sophisticated. They are proud. Today they risk everything for freedom. Sadly, many European governments watch in silence as heroic young Iranians are beaten in the streets. That's just not right. And I, for one, will not stay silent. This regime tries desperately to sow hate between us. But they won't succeed. And when this regime finally falls, and one day it will, Iranians and Israelis will be great friends once again. I wish the Iranian people success in their noble quest for freedom. All right. Think about this. Signs in the streets of Iran. Death to Khomeini. Mm -hmm. Death to Rouhani. Mm -hmm. We will die to get our Iran back. So uh, other things that death to Hezbollah. No to Gaza, not Lebanon, our life only for Iran. Now, here's what's bad. The left has says we should be quiet. The left says we shouldn't be getting involved in this in any way, shape, or form, and that the president who has 
already kind of uh, weighed in on this and said that he's excited about what's going on uh, in Iran and what we're seeing, um, that he should be quiet. No, 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 no. What, what would, where would America be today if France had stayed quiet? That's when France was really great. <laughs> That's what they did. Yeah, no, they didn't. You know, they came to our aid. We get back into the 1700s. Yeah, and and so so France had a, had a an interest. In, we had a mutual enemy. Yeah, we did have a mutual enemy, and in, in that case, it was England. France and England were the enemy were, of my enemy is my friend. Right. right. I think that's that's what was going on at that point, and and so basically, the Americans took on the most powerful military force in the world at the time, from what I understand. That would that would be the British. Yes. And. And we whipped them, but we didn't do it totally alone. The French helped helped us at that point, and 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 among others. But but we we beat back the most powerful military force in the world at the time, and, and that was quite a feat. And now now we've we've got bigger government than what they had then, than what they were fighting against at that point. And you know what? They didn't take a poll before they did it and see what the poll was going to say. They didn't see what their percentages of of success was. You had a group of people that signed the Declaration of Independence that signed their death warrant if they lost, and those people lost their farms and family members and everything they had for freedom. And now people that won't wish other countries to have the same freedom that we have, we should wish all countries to have freedom. And Israel has quite a leader that is going to stand up and say, this is the way a country gets freedom. They fight for it themselves from within. This is a time... That I hope that Trump comes out and uh, and pushes Europe on this case because he can do that by talking about you know not doing business with Iran, getting behind the United States with all of our uh, different laws that we have that keeps uh, money from flowing freely. Uh, to that country hasn't hasn't he already maybe tweeted or said something i thought i saw in the news he was already saying we're going to put in tighter sanctions if iran fights the protest in other words they start getting violent with the protesters we're going to put in tighter sanctions that's the way that's when you can make legitimate moves Mm -hmm. amongst those who don't join you willingly uh you know i mean look uh the the prime minister of germany doesn't want to be sitting over there in Berlin and saying, well, we're not going to do anything while they just kill innocent people in the streets unless everybody does, does what they did when Tiananmen Square was doing and just let people get murdered in in the square the way that they were. I mean, there's a possibility that's happening. Or be quiet like Obama was during the Green Revolution back in 2009. So how much how much money are we still sending them in foreign aid? Right oh, now? I have no idea. At, at the very least, why don't we cut that off? I don't have to that. start with. I don't have that. Well, like I say, they're talking about you know, probably a doing lot of, some sanctions. Oh, I think a lot to, of that has probably been already reduced, reduced. significantly. You know, as, as far as that's that's concerned. But John Bolton, who of course was at one time our representative to the UN, had this to say about what was going on in Iran. You made a really important distinction over the weekend, saying that these these protests are very different from the post-election protests of 2009. Why? 
Well, in 2009, the argument was that the re regime had basically committed fraud to re-elect Mahmoud Ahmadinejad president. And so the Green Movement was really uh, an argument about uh, which candidate of the regime would prevail. There was no real dissent from the notion the regime of the Ayatollahs would remain in power. That's not at all what these demonstrations are about. They're calling for death for Khamenei, the supreme leader, talking about overturning the regime. Uh, these, these demonstrations have taken place all across the country and then coming to Tehran later. Uh, I really think that uh, we're at a potential uh, tipping point here. Very hard to say. The real question is whether the Ayatollahs and the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps crack down harder than they have already. Twenty dead is bad enough, but more could be coming. But it's a very different kind of revolution, much more threatening to the Ayatollahs. There you go. There you go. That's he's much right. Much more threatening to more the Ayatollahs. There you go. And and then they are the ones that rule. They are the ones. Rouhani and those are the ones that rule over and around. Yes. Iron fist. And that's why we have to stand up. No, no, no velvet glove over there. Yeah, we, we, not we, at all. We still have the velvet glove over here, but the, the iron fist is still under it. And, yeah. we, and we're, we're feeling it in different ways, but the, the, the velvet's still pretty thick here. All right. 17 minutes uh, after four and the New York times. I don't know. They I must, can't believe they, this. Well, they <laughs> must have been out in California on New Year's Eve. When oh, yeah. That's what legal. it is. That's where that, they were. That's, all, that's what it is. That's all I can. By the way, did you see that CNN reporter? I was astounded. Out in Denver? I was astounded. Putting on the gas mask with the bong on it and everything, <laughs> showing showing how to do uh, bowls of marijuana out mm. there. And Promoting drug use, holding, yeah. Holding up a marijuana cigarette that was it's pink stuff. yeah it's pink you know it's kind of interesting yeah, they, she, and she, she was very some giggly. Kind of illness that she needed to recover from then you know to give her a better appetite or something like that yeah it, it's called leftist derangement it's, it's recreational now <laughs> yeah. rd you know that hey it's recreational from start to finish you just would, get your yep. foot in the door yep. by saying that it's medical use it's all a farce yeah but you should have seen this they really were yeah, was, basically was promoting it she was she was snuckered, okay? She had to be, and she was giggly and just goofy, and they couldn't even, when she when they cut to the, to the you know, they're going to, hey, she's at the party, da, 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 they're going to talk to her. They couldn't even talk. Yeah. None of none of the people at in the studio or her could talk. They were all giggling you know, and carrying on. It was know, ridiculous. Yeah, they started talking, uh, R.D. and <laughs> They were just giggling and cackling and just. And you know. <laughs> She couldn't oh, even man. she couldn't even get a report out for the first thirty seconds. It was pathetic. That, that's 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 economic. De, that's more economic development. That's what was going on, man. Just, did you see any right of that there on rock? camera? Missed it all, man. Oh, uh, you you can find it on YouTube. You've got no to doubt. see it. It is unbelievable. It really, really is. So, but when we come back, New York see, Times. Man, I thought that was against the law as far as the FCC was concerned. What's I that? did. Oh, I being, actually thought being that on on camera, I know being on the air. Period. Yes, yeah. thank you. I did too. I mean, if it's one thing if you're caught out on the street, stupid, but if you're deliberately doing it while you're in front of the camera on the job, you, you know you got to have somebody there operating. Well, that stuff. I have to. Well, I have to say, I don't believe we actually saw her taking another hit of fresh air. Okay, uh, I didn't see that, and I didn't see a bowl. Uh, filling up, uh, you know, the gas mask. So you're saying it was a contact? I guy. think it was. Pro no, I think it was probably done off 
camera. That's all I'm saying. I agree. You know, I think it, it was, was off, off camera. camera. So, it, so it was it was it was major Eluded. major in, innuendo. Yeah, right. yeah. Oh, or wow. else she's a really good actress. One of the other. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. at CNN. Dave. Yeah. Well, fake news. <laughs> what were you saying, Russ? Some people just don't have to act that out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I I agree. They're airheads anyway. Twenty one after four. Some people aren't sober even when they're totally sober. Twenty one after four. We'll come back. We'll talk more, and I want to talk about the New York Times. Believe it or not, I'm actually going to talk about the old gray lady. We're going to do that in just a moment. Can I say that now, or is that being ageist or something? I, I, I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> And sexist, probably, since I had a lady in there along with age. Should you, maybe you need good. to use the, the gender-neutral I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, AQ or something like that. <laughs> hey, look, I got RD sitting here, so I'm not going to talk about Sonny's Auto Salvage. I'm just going to ask RD some questions here real quickly. All right, so if somebody needs a transmission for a car, they just call 982-7451 and talk to... Whoever's on the other end of the line. That's right. We'll find them alternative to having to buy a new one and, and give them, uh, anywhere from a 90 day to a three year warranty on it. I got the three year man. I paid right. a little bit extra to get a three year parts and labor, unlimited mileage warranty. That's cool. That, that makes sure that you get to save money and still have the assurance that, that, uh, that you're going to get the enough use out of it to get a return on your investment. Yeah, absolutely. Three years. That's, that's perfect. You know, right. to be honest with you, that's absolutely perfect. Okay. Cause most people think like when I talked about buying a, a tail light, that's what they think about when they think about auto salvage, Sunny's auto salvage, they don't think about the big items. And they don't think about that Sunny's Auto Salvage does all the work as well. Is that true? That's true. Our number one and two sales uh, volume is in motors and transmissions. So motors and transmissions are number one and number two product, along with transfer cases and rear ends for trucks. And we do install all major components there. So when we uh, install it, we can ensure the part and ensure the labor for, yeah. the, for the life of for the part. Yeah, people need to understand, you just don't buy a motor drive your uh, your car over, open up the trunk, and they put the motor in there. Uh, you take the car over to them that's having the motor or the truck or whatever, leave it with them, and you guys take care of putting the motor in. Yeah, we've got a real simple policy. You can show up and pay half down to get the work done, and when we get it running and driving and ready to go home, you pay the other half and get your keys and go home with it, and you can have your one- to three-year warranty purchase with it. So, uh you're sure that you don't have to worry about that part on your car for three years. And I'll tell you something else that you guys really road test it after you do your work. You road test the living tar out of it to make sure it's absolutely correct. Yeah, that's the most important thing to make sure to drive it to make sure because a lot of times uh, you need a motor because your radiator was leaking or your cooling fan doesn't work properly. So when we install the part, we want to make sure that we solve the problem that caused it you to need it anyway so and we can use used parts on that so when if we discover another problem while we're there we can save you money on getting the the problem fixed that caused your motor to go out all right here's the number again nine eight two seven four five one or just google 
Sonny's Auto Salvage, and you'll find all the information you need to contact them. Save yourself some money, protect yourself with the warranty, and uh, get out in that car that uh, you love still. You just don't want to buy a new one. This is the best way to do it. That's Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. All right, so the New York Times has said that they want to praise Trump about the economy. You know who seems to agree with you? I mean, surprise, surprise, front page of the New York Times. Hey, did you see this? I'm going to read you the, the lead column on the left-hand side of the New York Times actually says this about President Trump. Quote, a wave of optimism has swept over American business leaders and is beginning to translate into the sort of investment in new plants, equipment and factory upgrades that bolsters economic growth, spurs job creation, and may finally raise wages significantly. The president has declared that rolling back regulations will be a defining theme of his presidency. Did you ever think you see that in the New York Times? I mean, no, I didn't. But, uh, you know, the New York Times historically used to be really great. They were against the minimum wage. They had the best single editorial, I think it was 86 or 87, on why there should not be a minimum wage. They've, they've historically been really very, very good. I just don't know how they've gotten a little bit off track here. But they'll come back on track, Eric. You know, they're a good newspaper, and they'll come back on track, and they've got great writers there and great thinkers. All right. <laughs> I don't know if I go along with the last part of that story, <laughs> but I sure can go along with somebody at the New York Times honestly understands that what Trump is doing is working. Well, you know it's what? It's sort of hard to ignore. Sometimes the truth is the truth. Now, that guy on the end was talking like, well, the New York Times has lost their mind because uh, free market does not work and we need high, we need to force these people to buy to pay their people more and not just because they're making more money. And you just have, sometimes you just have to, you can't deny the truth. Well, yeah, you can't, you can't deny the truth when it's slapping you in the face. It reminds me of one of those antacid commercials. That's got like the big hot dog or whatever, the, the big pastrami sandwich. And it's slapping the person that's getting the, the acid. <laughs> Giving them a hard time. Right. It's kind of hard to, to ignore when the economy is saying, "Hey, look what's going to. Hey, we're almost at twenty five thousand. And wait on, till on the on the uh, stock market. Well, wait till February when your paycheck jumps. Those yeah, of you, you get who are getting a paycheck, two and three hundred dollars every mm-hmm. time you're being paid. I bet you you will pay attention to that. Fox News is coming up. We'll be back. There's a new California law. We got to talk about it. On the Dave Ellswick Show. The answer. We continue with the uh, final segment for the power panel today. Uh, well, I take that back. We got one more segment. The Bible guys are coming up at five. If you got a Bible question, 823-0965, that is in the five o'clock uh, hour of the show. But right now, you know, I think I see the craziest laws passed. And I think they can't get any another year. Then, <laughs> but wait. The, wait, yeah. <laughs> California jumps in, and, and they get even crazier. And uh, they, Fox News, has a story on a California law. Now, then we're going to come back to Arkansas to something that's not a law yet. But we're going to talk about it. And it's called, it's called dumping. Wait till you th- hear what they're saying. You're dumping. We'll talk about that in a second. 
Here is Fox News. California, the latest state to legalize recreational marijuana with business brisk yesterday. While the long-term impact of the law is still hazy, but growers are expecting an economic boom. The state will be making a lot of money by taxing sales heavily. And anyone over 21 can now light up, provided they don't do it while driving or riding in a car. And big changes, too, for gun owners here in California. They'll no longer be able to buy ammunition online and have it shipped to their home. And anyone convicted of a hate crime will be prohibited from possessing a gun for 10 years. Listen to that. There's two things there. One, you're not going to be able to buy ammunition anymore over the internet. Two, if you're convicted of a hate crime, and that is a moving target, folks. Yeah, we'll be yeah. to see. What, is, what, is, the, what you, is the hate crime over you, there now? Is it is it preaching that homosexuality is a sin? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's a moving target. And what happens now? And then you lose your ability to have a gun. Yeah. Well, imagine that? that. Unbelievable. Yeah, I but that. I thought you guys would so, find it. But here's my question. If, if they're worried about people buying large amounts of ammunition over the Internet, When's the law going to be passed that you can only buy like one box of ammunition when you go to your favorite sports Shh, retailer? That's coming. Shh, don't tell them. <laughs> that's probably I mean, when, next on the list. When's Governor Moonbeam that's going probably to come next, up with Dave. that one? Well, the thing is, though, it, it may very well be that you've got a lot of people <clears throat> that shoot a lot that they order their ammo. They don't buy it from Walmart or, or, or these other sporting goods stores. And so if they have to have to start buying it locally, then then they're liable to buy up a lot of it, and there just won't be ammo available in some cases. I bet you they passed a law saying that you can only buy X Box amount. Or two at a time. Well, what, what may end up happening is these people just go out of state and buy it. Well, that is they'll always to, the problem that you have. They'll have to travel or ship it to do so to that, get their hands that's on what I'm it. Saying. How do they find this out? Are they tapping your, your Internet? Is that, is that I, what they're doing? I, I think we probably need to assume that, that they're watching us. I mean, you, we I, know that they, they know it's not legal. We know it's not legal. But I, I think it's probably reasonable to assume that we that they are, or at least they may be watching us. Yeah, I'm. They if, may. If I sold ammunition <laughs> over the internet, I would say something like "sold in a discreet box, so that nobody <laughs> will know what you are getting." Just like they used to do, you know, when you bought sex toys. Well, or, then, you, or you ask for, uh, you know, and don't ask me how I know this, uh, you know, pornos and stuff like that. They mm-hmm. sent it in a discreet box. Hmm. Well, I tell you what, their their freedom, paper wrapper. their freedom in California is going away. If the people sit by and let this happen in California, it's just like Iran. It's the people's job it's in California. Problem. It's the people. There, it's irrelevant if you think this is wrong in California. And the sad thing is, is usually that you'll find businesses that sell ammunition in the local community that will be lobbying for pay, taking people's freedom away they, they, from they them. May, that may be the... Haven't the, you seen that, that, Paul? That may very well be what's driving this is these local mom-and-pop shops and the and the local brick-and-mortar stores that are making it illegal to buy stuff from overseas. We saw that this year, this past, Alcohol. This past year, last year now, Um in the state legislature, um, that you had people lobbying to, to because they didn't like the fact that people were buying stuff over the internet and it was cutting into their profits. Well, how about the whole thing about wine 
and where you could get it and where you couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. Well, the, the fact is, we, we free there's, trade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't believe in free trade in America. What we end up is we, we end up believing in manipulated trade, crony capitalism, and and it's sometimes referred to as fair trade, which means, um, well, it's not fair. So you because you're not going to be able to um, give give me the money I think I deserve. All right. So Paul, we've got more to this. We're going to bring it home now. Okay. We're going to bring it home. I, I remember so many five, eight years ago, I started talking about the food police <laughs> on my show. You remember when I was talking yeah, about that you kind bet. of stuff? Talking about the food police. And sooner or later, they were going to tell you what you could eat and what you couldn't eat and things of that nature. We're going to give you a little taste of something that is starting right now that is going to, it's going I'm telling you, Elizabeth, this is going to gain momentum because this happened. Oh, I'm sure. Remember when they, when the, uh, the health departments started telling churches and stuff, they couldn't have mm-hmm. potlucks and things mm-hmm. because that you might have tomain or something and, you know, the and fried you, chicken. And I mean, you can't this take was, leftover food and give it away to anybody yeah, because, oh my God, you might make somebody sick. This was devastating to the Southern Baptist church. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you couldn't. You know, have uh, you know a potluck supper or whatever, and and the bottom line. Listen, to, <laughs> I hear this stuff and I just start thinking it's only a matter of time. If we had cameras, you'd see my eyes rolling up this in my is head. Only <laughs> a matter of time, and I got to give RD credit for finding this in a very out. very long dim gas story today. Yeah, and it's talking about uh, Arkansas works. All right, so give us, give it to us, R.D. Well, if you read the article that was that was in the December 31st uh, Arkansas Democrat, you will see how Arkansas ranks in the 48 percent in the 48 number out of the states as percentile the percentile 48 percentile of uh, of healthy uh, states. So. Already, uh, Arkansas is the 48th unhealthiest state in the nation. We're I the think best at being unhealthy. Hey. That's exactly right. If it ain't fried, don't eat it. Well, that's right. <laughs> so since all this Arkansas works and, and all this social Obamacare and everything that they put on us that we have to buy, you know, the article basically praises all the social socialism and everything, but uh, but we keep getting more unhealthy for some reason, and we're not getting healthier for some reason. So uh, they have people on here uh, making comments like the healthy, active Arkansans uh, plan that's been put in place, and there's a there's a nonprofit organization called Healthy Active Arkansas. And Thompson is quoted from these organizations. Thompson, uh, I don't know the man personally, but it, he is quoted here saying that Thompson has on he's the, in his he's the uh, that's Joe Thompson, the general of health or whatever, right? I mean, like the what do you call him? Surgeon General, Surgeon General of Arkansas. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, Thompson said his own office has a no dumping policy, <gasps> barring employees. Okay, from no, wait, wait, wait. <gasps> Listen to what a uh, uh, no, dump, no what dumping. What are they dumping? We Here do not go. allow it's, dumping. It's bad. They bad. are. They are dumping. They are barring dumping. Uh, employees from bringing leftover desserts to put out for their co-workers and allows employees to uh, take exercise breaks afternoon. So they have a no-dumping policy 
So if you have desserts at home that you want to share with your coworkers, you're not allowed to dump them on you them at work. You may not bring chocolate chip cookies to work ever again. Or I guess Bop you can bar. as long as you eat all. Yeah. Where, where, Somebody in his where's office Cody? is in serious trouble. Yeah, where's Cody? <laughs> get a Cody? Hold of, yes, get a hold of Cody. Get him back Cody here. Cody Price. Cody Price, come back here. You are no. You can't be dumping your baklava, <laughs> baklava in our break room. No way. What is that all about? How dare you? Yeah, how dare you do that? <laughs> I, I would be a healthy I, person. I, I was just on Facebook today saying I wanted to lose 40 pounds this year, and I had oatmeal and a but banana so for breakfast, unfair. and he brought baklava. That is so unfair. Right, in his defense, you've got 300 and... How many? What is it? Three hundred and fifty something days left to lose forty pounds? No, man, I'm, that that just threw me all off of it. I'll I'll not go back to that again. It's all Cody's fault. All that baklava in the break room. It's all Cody's fault. It's not fault. my fault for picking there's, it up and putting it in my mouth and moving my mouth up and down. Uh, uh, and not, it, there's and baklava in the break room. Not only did you eat it, Dave, but you also tempted us to. to and eat I it. tempted. I say there's baklava Uh-oh. in the break room. Right. Hey, so it was of, good. Both of us. And y'all didn't tell me there's baklava we, in the break room. So, so we succumbed, and all of us are there's now. There's still vic- some left. I'll be right back. No, yeah. So all but of us are now victims of this crime that he committed in the office. Here's the thing. Since the government is buying all these people health insurance and it's not costing them anything, there is no incentive for them to so live the, a healthy life. So it op- doesn't hit them in the pocketbook. I have to take a health test before before I buy insurance. Yep. They, they weigh me. I have to run on a little machine uh. and all this, and they say, hey— We'll see how much of a risk he is, and then we're going to see how much we're going to charge him. It's called a free market system. Yes, don't touch your chest, okay? Oh, okay. All right. So, <laughs> so anyway, don't get in. Don't get into that. <laughs> well, hey, we're going to leave sexual harassment out of this issue, Dave. All right. So, so anyway, if if you take the free market out of it, then you have to make laws to make people right, so do it makes things. Perfect, perfectly good sense to tell people, you know, you're too stupid to actually take care of yourself. So we're going to tell you what you well, can eat at work. You know what? Or what you can share with? I your think if the government, if the government is giving you the money to buy your food, they have using our money to do it. They have every right to say you can't you buy can't Coke. buy this or you can't buy that. With uh, with your EBT card, Mary Bentley had a point about yes, that. Yes, she tried. But, but, but for some reason, people think that that's no, just not fair. Well, and RD brought it up to me, and I did not remember. But we had a an elderly gentleman call in that day, and RD, what did he say? Yes, the day that we talked about Bentley's bill, we had an elderly gentleman call in and said, "Listen, now if I cannot buy." Uh, desserts and candy bars with my food stamps and with well they're not food stamps anymore but with my evt card then when my grandchildren come over then i can't buy ice cream for my grandchildren like taxpayers should be buying ice cream for their grandchildren they buy we buy everything else for people Mm -hmm. why not well i tell you what when you get started down a road it gets farther and farther away from where we intend to go made sense to him well, of course it did because yeah. he doesn't know where the money comes. It comes from the money tree behind the Capitol building in Washington D.C. Yeah, but and, and they bleed where it us, is. Feed, and they bleed us to, to water that tree. Yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah, our blood. That's right. The, the last article that I brought you in the Democrat yes. was about the same issue, 
and it said that Arkansas Works was going to require everyone to go job training or get a job except single mothers, women that are pregnant, people that are on welfare, and drug dealers, <laughs> and people that do drugs. And drug dealers? If, if you're yeah. raising a child, well, if you have a dependent They already home. have a job. They well, sell drugs. What it says, if you are an addict, and that you are an addict and you are on a rehabilitation program and you're an addict, then you do not have to go to training or get a job to keep your health insurance. Mm-hmm. We're going to go ahead and pay for you to go to these rehabilitation and provide your health care uh, until you're clean. So if you want free health care, all you have to do is get pregnant, have kids and don't get married, get on drugs. Here's, hey, it's easy. Here's hey, one that hey. I don't understand <laughs> is when they say people on welfare. Aren't they the ones that should be in job training? Yeah, that's exactly right. So, uh, hey, I read it in the Democrat, but, hey, these, these points of these articles are always on the very last one or two paragraphs. They put the front page on there and say how good everything is going. But if you read the whole thing, there will be tidbits of information that's, if you're that's lucky. good. If you're lucky. I mean, uh, the article they wrote about the military tax break oh, never really bothered to tell you that they no, put in did. all kinds of new taxes no it was it's in oh, there, it's in there? Oh, oh, they by, actually by put the it in way, there because we gotta get a break here and say i, I wonder I, I caught this when we were talking thompson's no longer surgeon general Bledsoe is i was gonna say and i didn't think he was Bledsoe, cecile Bledsoe's son is. but thompson's head of something he's in he's in some he's got some think tank which is no thinking. He's in charge talking, of no when dumping. They're, when they're talking about no dump pro- policy, it ain't no think tank. I'm just telling mm. you. No. It has nothing to do with it. Okay, quickly. <laughs> uh, don't forget about the New Balance store on Highway 10. And uh, the, the New Balance store only on Highway 10 measures feet digitally and with a Brannock device. If you heard their other ad, as you get older, your feet get bigger. I don't know if it's, they get bigger, they just spread out because of just uh, walking on them all the time. But bottom line, you should have your feet digitally uh, measured at least once a year. They offer free foot evaluations. They stock children's shoes and extra wide widths. They stock New Balance shoes for men and women in uh, 2A narrow all the way up to 6E wide. And uh, they have everyday comfortable shoes for the worker all the way up to the athlete that's at the new balance store on highway 10 and before we go to break i just so i saw cody price wandering around there he is come over here cody we got to talk to you about this we have to talk to you about this <laughs> you brought the baklava today correct no oh you didn't i thought you did <laughs> oh did. and here we uh, are it was josh it was it was josh. all josh's fault all right you tell okay. josh then that the former uh, Surgeon General of Arkansas, in his in his uh, office now, they have a quote no dumping policy, which means you can't bring sweets and things like that and drop it into. You can't into dump Rome your leftover it desserts might at work. You, Cody, and I know you try to stay healthy <laughs> to eat that and get all fat and out of shape. Oh, that's so unfair! <laughs> and I'm not making that up. That's genius. It's true. <laughs> it's true. All right. We and that get, is really great. A break. We'll That's really that great. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Yeah, All right. Yeah, what, what, what was that, uh, by the way? That was from what date? All right. On the same day, just real New quick, on the, on the same day, December the 31st, in the, in the Gazette Democrat that was talking about food dumping at work, 
there was an article about the tax cut for our veterans and everybody don't believe everything that you read on the front page. If you read in the back of it, they cut taxes to veterans and raise taxes to all our kids. I made, by the way, I made a lot of enemies during that time because I was adamantly opposed. Mm-hmm. To that. Well, mm-hmm. well, cutting taxes, they say in here that cutting the taxes to the veterans over five years will create more money and more income for the state of Arkansas. So they're on the side that less is more. But on the other side of this bill, they raise taxes in three different yes, places that will suck more money out of Arkansans. So they cut something that would be positive after five years, and then they added something that would suck money for eternity that they'll never so, take so off. The, so the end game was the government gets bigger. Exactly. At the end game. Oh, it ends up by getting more money. That's mm-hmm. the, but they exactly do say right. that it's revenue neutral. Yeah. Right. And wh- so why, anyway. why does the Republican I hate Why does a Republican in Arkansas need a bill and and you push it by saying, well, this is revenue neutral? Why don't they say this is cutting government? Why isn't that popular um, in in a Republican House of Representatives where there's 75 Republicans? Why isn't that popular? Anyway, that's right. you know what the answer. Everybody knows the answer to that. As far as talking about revenue neutral, that has taken my number one place for the worst phrase. Mm-hmm. It has taken a compassionate conservative. Oh, wow. It's, it's That's a, a biggie. It's above That's it a now. biggie. Man, That's I a biggie. hate that term, too, because what that meant is I'm really a Democrat. But you hate revenue <laughs> neutral more? Yeah, now wow. I do. Wow. All right, with that said, uh, Kellyanne uh, Conway was on the talking heads and said Trump has made it very clear that there is no deal on DACA or DACA unless they build the wall. I thought 2017 was a disappointment when it came to bipartisan action. A lot of bipartisan talk and a president who always had that olive branch extended, mm-hmm. had them at the White House, had them on the phone, went up to Capitol Hill and, and certainly listened to their concerns. He's made very clear that there is no deal on DACA unless the wall is built, unless mm-hmm. there is funding for the wall. He's made this very clear that this president is so accessible and so transparent on these policy prescriptions. He tweets about them almost daily, if not daily, including over the he break, does. the well, Christmas we'll break. And so everybody knows where he stands on this. We hope they can come together for the good of the country. He's well, ready. There you go. You know, pre- love him or hate him. Pre- you know where President Trump stands on these issues. And he has been very clear about building the wall and says, you want, you want all the dreamers to stay, build my wall to keep the rest of them from coming back. There has been no issue three from Donald Trump yet. I agree with that. I, I 100% agree with that. We've had two of them in Arkansas, but from (laughs) Donald Trump so far, there has been no smoke and mirrors. Yeah. I, I will never vote again for an issue three because you know <laughs> oh, that I somewhere along the line it's going to screw you over. <laughs> it's, up. it's just going to get you. They taught us that one. Going to bite you in the butt. Read the fine print. Did you see where Fight had to sell his home? Anybody see that? Oh, um, the bank bought it. Let me see. Let me, I think let they me took it. This. I don't think he had to. Well, he might Jake have had Files. to sell it. This is Jake Files. Oh, State Senator Jake Files lost the family home Thursday. When it and two other properties were auctioned off to satisfy $2.1 million in loan defaults, First Western Bank of Boonville successfully bid uh, $2,048,400 on the three properties in 
three commissioner sales conducted by Sebastian County Circuit Clerk Denora Coomer in the lobby of the county courts building in Fort Smith. So, uh, you know, the, the state senator who, that that's a good a good one. I personally think it's time for the governor to tell him you can't be a state senator or Dismang or somebody. To Do say, you think? You have brought disrepute <laughs> on the Senate of Arkansas. It's time for you to step down. It used to be something Just about the appearance of impropriety. This is for right. a lot further along than that. Elizabeth, thank you. R.D., thank you. Enjoy. Paul, thank yes, you. Yes, sir. Thanks we'll for having us. We'll do it again next Tuesday. The Bible Guys are next on the Dave Ellswick Show. Listen up, veterans. If you're a senior wartime veteran or a surviving spouse of a wartime veteran, you may be entitled to an improved pension benefit from the VA. This benefit is designed to help pay for the cost of assisted living and in-home care. As we get older, we may need need the assistance of others, and this VA benefit is designed to help pay for that. Call me. I'm Kimbrough Stevens. In my law firm, the Juris Law Group specializes in helping folks get this much-needed benefit, commonly referred to as aid and attendance. If you are a married veteran, you can receive as much as $25,000 per year, and we offer a no-risk consultation. So call us today and get the benefits you've earned. We have a proven track record, and we know how to qualify veterans for this benefit. Call us at 501 501- 400-8250 or look us up online at Jurist Law Group, J-U-R-I-S-T Law Group.com. Call us at 501-400-8250 or Google me, Kimbrough Stevens, and we look forward to hearing from you. Happy New Year, guys. Good to see you again. Good to see you too, Dave. It's been a while that we've been able to get together and, and talk. A couple of weeks, so it's good to have the Bible guys back in the studio you got a question today, 823-0965, 823-0965. Dave Ellswick Show, final hour today. And uh, I just got to tell you, man, I had a great holiday. How did about you? you guys? That was good. I did too. You know what time the best, of rest. Do you want to know what the best time was for me? What was that? My son came home. Haven't seen him in 15 months. He got back from Afghanistan. Oh, also. wow. And uh, I want you to pray for him mm-hmm. because uh, – you know, being over in a war zone like mm-hmm. that does things to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and he told me, he says, Dad, I didn't realize how really real that is. Mm-hmm. And he lost 15 people in the, the group that he served with. Wow. And uh, so, I, you know, he didn't go into depth with me about it. I don't know if he was there when they died. It was an explosion of some type. And I don't know if he had to go in and help clean up after it. Wow. So, you know. He said that he has some problems sleeping. And, mm-hmm. and I said, it will get better, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. it's just something you got to deal with. Well, and you got to give him the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and like, I didn't probe him. Right. A lot of people start saying, oh, was it this? Was it that? No, right. let them I, when process I got, it. When I got back from Iraq, I, I, I told my wife, because I don't rest, you know, I'm just always going. And when I got back, you know, I spent like two or three days in bed and I told her, I said, look, I said, I didn't almost die or anything. I said, but it was an extremely high, intense adrenaline environment, and I just need to chill. So and I the, just laid in bed for three days. With saying that, I did talk to John about now you understand why some guys love combat so much. Yeah. That adrenaline rush yeah. can become addicted. Yep. You can get addicted to it. Yep. You have the people that are called uh, adrenaline junkies, and yep. what they do is they jump off buildings, they they do all these things to, to keep themselves on that high because you get, do get addicted to it. Yeah, and I mean, that's the ultimate adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. The stress that you're under over there, the 
cortisol that's dropped cortisol that's dropped into your body and stuff. Yeah, it's it's really really real. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to get him on, get him involved with a reboot program. Mm-hmm. You know what's so great about the reboot program? They've had thousands go through that program and they haven't had one suicide. Awesome! Wow! And there's 22 suicides a day. Yeah, military personnel. Yep. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. It's a, it's a it's a serious serious yep. serious problem. It really is legitimate epidemic. By the way, Scott Stewart is here. Steve Hess is here. Scott, of course, is pastor Agape Church, 701 Napa Valley Drive here in Little Rock. Got it in front of me, Scott. <laughs> Sunday service time is 10 o'clock. Their website, aclr.org, and his Twitter is at Dr. Scott Stewart. That's D-R, no dot after that. Dr. Scott Stewart, all one word. And you can reach out to him on Twitter. He'll be happy to answer any question that you might have. They also now have their own email, uh, BibleGuys at SalemLR.com. And then I'll let you guys know how you can get to it Okay, uh, here in the and, next uh, day. Steve still doesn't have a Twitter account, Dave. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's resisting the peer that's, pressure. That's because you don't want to be a twit. You know, <laughs> I thought we explained this, about. the similarities yeah, between myself and Mr. Trump. That, yeah, I you know, gotcha. That I just would say stupid things at 3 o'clock in the morning and, and get in trouble. you got double the amount that you can write. That's right. Yeah, that, that's a problem. <laughs> all right, so you all wanted to talk about what kind of maybe New Year's uh, resolutions people made about their spiritual life, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we have, we've all walked through 2017, and uh, I'm sure people have walked through some uh, some good times and some bad times, some easy times, some hard times. Uh, and as you know, people typically approach this time of year and they talk about getting in, getting back in shape or you know, doing uh, maybe reading some more books or trying to do different things, going back to school or whatever. Uh, but I would hope that people also have set some new, um, some spiritual um, resolutions, get back in church, uh, get back involved in uh, reading the Word more um maybe even going to, to a bible school or doing something like that that begins to spur on your uh, uh your your spiritual life i was talking to somebody today and they they made a decision that they're getting rid of television they just getting rid of get, just getting the tv out of the house because they're going to spend more time in the things of god because you know sometimes uh that uh that box there will put things in your mm-hmm. head and you'll fight those thoughts uh, you know you spend your time fighting thoughts instead of battling the enemy or fighting those thoughts instead of putting the word in you and you you mess yourself up. So they said, you know, we're just, we're just, we're just not turning the TV off. We're just going to get it out of the house. And so, mm-hmm. there, you know, and that doesn't have to be you. But if you made a, a, a resolution uh, for this new year, a spiritual resolution in some way, and I'd like to hear what the variety of resolutions are out there. So if you made a resolution, give us a call and uh, tell us what that is and why uh, you felt that you needed to do that. All you know, right. 823-0965. 823-0965. Six, five. Now, something I'm going to do is I like reading, you know, books that are uh, special forces and things of that nature. And I'm going to forego those and read books that are more spiritually centered. I'm reading, a, just started reading it. I've read about uh, eight chapters of it now about the Apostle Paul. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to know more about him. Because, and by the way, the guy even admits as he was doing the book, putting it together, is that there's a large section about Paul. Nobody knows what happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, he kind of like disappeared for a while. Fourteen when, years when Jesus 
taught him personally. And uh, so it's been really interesting uh, reading. What I didn't realize, and I don't know why, because it just makes sense that it, as you read his life a little bit, that you would know this, but I didn't. He started his ministry sometime in the late 40s or early 50s. Mm-hmm. He was not a young guy. No, he wasn't. When he got started. No. Now, you couldn't actually work with the Sanhedrin, uh, which he was doing. You couldn't even work with the Sanhedrin until you were at least in your 50s. Is that right? I think it was the 50s. Uh, 40 or 50s. I don't well, remember. Yeah. Uh, so, you, so, yeah, he was, he was, he was well on. And um, most people believe that Paul was uh, widowed. Because we never hear of a of a wife, and we see him or his wife left him. We don't know. Right? Yeah, we yeah. don't know. But we do know he had to have been married yeah. uh, because you can't be a part of the Sanhedrin or work with the Sanhedrin unless you were married. So he had already been been married. So he he was probably very advanced in uh, in age think in that of, way. Think about that. Mm-hmm. That should tell everybody God ain't done with anybody. That's right. That's right. You know when when Jeremiah prayed and he said, if you remember the story Jeremiah chapter one, he says. He says, you know, Lord, he said, I'm a, but I'm, but a child. Um, and I think what we understand from that, when he made that statement, he was about 50 years old when he said he was a child, like God, you know, why are you going to use me? I'm only a child. So, uh, they definitely had a different, a different view of, um, of age and, and, the, and when God could start using you. You know, something I just learned on him is he had a sister and a nephew and it's actually recorded in Acts. Jeremiah did. No, no, or I'm Paul. sorry, Paul. Oh, Paul. You know, I did I, not know that. Yeah. I went back through and was reading and when he was being, um, when they were about to try him. Uh, I think it was with Agrippa that uh, it says that um, uh, his nephew came and warned him about the plan to kill him. And I was like, Paul had a sister, you know, or was a, that when they yeah. lowered him from the window? Um, no, I don't think it was that time, but I'll, okay. I'll look up the reference. I but mean, he, when I read that, I was like, how did I not remember this? And, and evidently the times, a lot of the times that he was shipwrecked, because we only have accounts of twice, but mm-hmm. he says that he was shipwrecked four times. Right. All right, and oh. spend a day and a night, you know, out floating around on some floats them out there, and in, uh, in the, they think that happened during that fourteen year time. Yeah, and there, there are people who actually, uh, we've scholars will tell us that they actually think that there was ba- there was probably four epistles to the Corinthians. Mm-hmm. We only have two of them, and we know that because the way in First Corinthians he'll talk about this is my second time to write to you. So we already know there are other books out there that he wrote uh, that we don't have. So there's a lot of stuff out there that we're not aware of. Someday. Someday. God's going to reveal them. Yeah. I'm just telling you that's going to happen. <laughs> well, the, the the reference to what I just said was in Acts 23, 16. It says, when Paul's sister's son heard of the ambush, wow. he went and entered the barracks and told Paul about it. Isn't it funny how you read yeah. the Bible, mm-hmm. and there's certain parts of it, you just read over it. You're not really yeah. sucking it up. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. kind of, you just kind of pass through it, and it just doesn't register. That's never registered to me. You know why I think that happens? And and I think the reason so many of these things, I was just telling Scott before we started, that I just felt like the Lord has had me go back through the book of Acts to just read the book of Acts. And what most people do, and very few people will admit, that when they read the Bible, they read it with an agenda. Nearly every denomination and nearly every person, that they'll have something in their mind, they'll have a belief about something, and then they'll go search the Scriptures to justify their opinion instead of just reading for what it says. And when we find ourselves and open ourselves to actually just read it without an agenda, without trying to find something, without trying to prove something, just read it. And all of a sudden, these kind of things just start popping back out because you're not trying to make a point. You're just learning. Yeah, you, I, I like to read it. I 
That's kind of cool, man. I yeah. didn't even know it was there. Some people just read over the scripture instead That's of it. just read over it, yep. browse it, skim, skim it. I, I, I try to make sure when I'm reading, I read very slow. Um, I can be reading. I can, a couple of people can be. We can be in a room reading together. And man, I see them flipping pages and timid and intimidates me because I'm like, right. why are you reading so fast? <laughs> because I have to read every single, every single word. Otherwise, I don't feel like I've done the justice. So. Uh, I, I want to I want to make sure that I'm getting that, and that's that's cool. So you didn't go through the Evelyn Wood uh, speed reading of the Bible? No, class. I did okay. not. I don't think that would be profitable. Yeah. So hopefully, no, hopefully no but one. But that's made how it. we read it. At it is. So hope no one made the resolution to speed read the Bible. Hopefully <laughs> <Yeah>. they have <laughs> made the resolution to slow read the Bible. Yeah. I'm going to read it in two days, not a year. You know? <laughs> yeah. All right, eight two three oh nine six five. That's the number. Eight two three oh nine six five. Have you made a New Year's resolution, a spiritual New Year's resolution? Are you willing to share it with us? That's being accountable, by the way. Sure. And uh, and saying it, and then letting us letting us know why. Yeah, you know, I think it's important, and I think that we really, you know, those that are listening have a chance to encourage other people uh, to to follow their example. I think some people, if they share their resolution, it will actually inspire other people to to do the same. Some people don't even think about it. They think about making lots of fleshly resolutions, but not very many spiritual resolutions in that sense. So uh, I encourage people to give us a ring and let us know what that's all about. Yeah, 823-0965, or if you just have uh, a, a question. Sure, and we have somebody call in ahead of time, yeah. ahead of the time, and we'll tell you what they asked us about uh, when we come back. It's the Bible Guys. Remember, Bible Guys at Salem LR dot com that you can uh not right now if it's you know away from the show uh you can uh, email uh either scott or steve and they're going to be able to get those uh, emails and then they'll answer your questions on the air if you don't want your name used just say so they won't use your your name hey don't forget about lewis family beef this is a family-owned ranch out in greenbrier uh at their ranch their cattle are born and raised on their ranch. In other words, if you go out and you look at a cow, that cow was born there. They know everything that cow has been through. They don't use any antibiotics. They don't use any hormones on their cattle. If they have to use an antibiotic, then they take it out of the herd for selling. They will not sell that animal to anybody. That means you will get clean beef for your family, plus you get free delivery anywhere here in central Arkansas. They sell, uh, you know, beef on the quarter animal, the half, or the whole. Uh, They'll take that uh, to the packing house. The packing house will give you a call to see how you want to set up to have it butchered, have it cut up, how much do you want hamburger, you know, how how thick do you want your steaks, things of that nature. You want some tomahawk ribeyes? They can do it for you. Then the Lewis family uh, will be contacted when it's all ready, and they'll deliver it to your home absolutely free. Or if you'd like, you can go pick it up yourself. The cattle are also raised stress-free. Uh, free means they've been out in on the range, basically, and uh, eating grass. And that leads the cattle to be much more tender. So you call Cody or Sarah. Get the specifics on all of this. Uh, I've talked to people who have used Lewis family beef, and here's what they say. I will never buy beef again 
at the big box store. 501-514-1494, 501-514-1494, or easiest way, go to Facebook, facebook.com slash Lewis Family Beef. All right, back with you. The Bible guys are here until uh, 6 o'clock. It's the rest of the Dave Ellswick show dealing with that. We had a gentleman call in early, uh, left a question with Russ, and uh, said that he wouldn't be able to call during the show. So he wanted to ask the question and make sure that you all answered it and he would be listening. So you know the question, yeah, I'll let his, you bring it. Yeah, he, he called and I got I grabbed the phone before. And the question was, he wanted um, some sort of information or answers about dealing with the difference between evolution and creationism, but really not just like citing scripture because – the, the person that he was talking with and having these discussions with doesn't really believe in the Bible to begin with, so you can't really just quote Scripture on him. And one of the things that, you know, I'm, I'm not a scientist, um, but there's a there's a show out that I point people to. Um, but first, you really got to say this. You can have a discussion with somebody, but sometimes um, they're, they're just not really open to uh, the evidence. But the, the strongest thing that I've seen most recently is a show that's called Is Genesis History? It was on Netflix, and I believe it's even on YouTube now. Uh, and I don't remember the name of the organization, but they um, they had nothing but PhDs and physicists and geologies, uh, geologists and all these different guys on there that explained all of this in great detail. And I always point people to go and watch that because they can do uh, a much better job than I ever could because I'm going to kind of default back to, well, th- the Bible is also a history book. It gives us timetables. It gives us timelines. Uh, but I can't answer your questions in detail about some of the scientific parts. Scott may be yeah. able to. And whenever I was attending uh, the University of Arkansas and I was uh, in my world history class, um, assigned reading was the Bible uh, because it is the best history of the certain time periods that it was that we were studying. Um, uh, yeah, uh, to, the, to the question, uh, to talk to somebody that you're that you don't want to use or you can't use uh, scripture, if they only want to go by things that are scientific or a scientific method uh i think what you can do is you can start by challenging them um what scientific method are you wanting to uh use as your standard of discussion um because you know to really prove a scientific hypothesis it has to be able to be you have to be able to replicate it and replicate it in a laboratory which completely if they agree to that then it completely debunks Mm -hmm. all creation theories because you can't you cannot prove anything related to creation within a laboratory that would, that they would be using for uh, their ideas of science. And also you, I think you can also give them the, um, the, just a, you know, a question of what theory of uh, the creation of the universe do they believe in? Do they believe in the big bang theory, um, which was the accepted for a long time, or you can say, or do you believe in the more modern uh, string theory or multiverse theory? Um, And, um, and then when they choose one, then you can say to them, um, why do you believe that? And if you notice the words here, I'm using the words believe. Why do you believe that? And also you could point out saying this is the Big Bang theory, mm. string theory, multiverse theory. The reason they're called theories is because they're not provable hypotheses. In other words, they remain in the realm of speculation. So in other words, they're going to have to use faith to believe what someone's telling them. Uh, because the, the reason why there's so many different views of the creation of the universe is because scientists don't agree with each mm-hmm. other, which means there is a plethora of options 
to uh, to embrace as to which one. Which one are you going to believe? Are you going to believe string theory or Big Bang or multiverse or 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 parallel universes? What do you, which one are you going to believe? Um, and uh, when they when he says which one he believes, then you have to ask him uh, other follow up questions that put him in a place of faith. And I'm going to quickly tell a story. So basically, what I'm saying is this. Whether you're talking about the Big Bang or the multiverse or string theory, or there's also something called super string theory, um, and then there's a thing called intelligent design or creation. So they're all. I mean, we don't pretend that um, what we believe is scientific. It's it's faith based. God did it. Mm. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, back in the '60s, you know, they we, we used they used to say that uh, all matter is made up of of uh, of atoms, and then they had the idea: can we look deeper into an atom and see what's further into an atom? And the answer is yes. And we found out there was neutrons, protons, and electrons. Then they had the idea, can you look further into that? And the answer was yes. And when they looked further into that, they found out that neutrons, electrons, and protons, which created atoms, which create matter, was all started with a thing called what they called a quark. And the scientists said the best way to describe a quark is sound. So sound is the beginning of all matter. And that works to our advantage because in the beginning, God said. As a matter of fact, I was I was in Buenos Aires uh, several years ago, and I'll make this uh, short. And I was uh, staying in a bed and breakfast. What was that twenty seconds? Was it? I was staying in a bed and breakfast, and in this bed and breakfast, I was staying with one of the premier premier quantum physicists from France. And uh, I'm not going to get this in before the break. Okay, okay. <laughs> we'll pick it up when we come back. I, I'm finding that re- that's really interesting what you're talking about. Here's Fox News. Fox News. All right, back with you. Dave Ellswick, I just passed on some great news to, to <laughs> Scott and Steve. I, I'll share it with you a couple of months from here. Sweet. You know, and we'll let you know all about it. All right, so you left us uh-huh. hanging, man. I left you hanging. All right, so quark is like sound. Right. So the, the, the building block of all atoms uh, is is sound. Uh, so I was, I was in Buenos Aires, and I happened to be uh, sitting at a table with uh, one of France's uh, premier quantum physicists. And I thought this is a great opportunity to ask some questions about um, the creation of the universe. And it's always best to ask these questions before they ask you what you do for a living. Right? Because if they don't know what you do for a living, they tend to be a lot more honest. So I said, can you tell me about the whole idea of the Big Bang? So he begins to explain it to me. And he says, well, all the matter in the universe came into a very hot, uh, dense region. And I stopped him. I said, but doesn't one of the laws of physics say that matter cannot be created from nothing? And he said, well, yes, it does. And I said, so where did the dirt come from that came together in the hot, dense region? And he said, well, we don't know. But obviously it happened because we're here. Right. So that's some good science. So I, I said, <laughs> go on. So he continued to talk, and he said, and it began to spin, and it broke apart, and it broke apart and threw the galaxies and planets all out. And I said, uh, are you familiar with the, the, uh, the, therm- the, one of the laws of thermodynamics, the, uh, the conservation of angular momentum? And he said, well, yes, I am. And I said, uh, then why does that not work here? Then that law says this. If you have a, a part that's spinning, if it breaks up, then all the parts that fly off of it will have the same rotation as the original part. And I said, so why do some planets have one rotation, others have another rotation, some moons go one way, other moons go another way? <laughs> he said, well, we don't know. And uh, and I said, and uh, and he said, but we, but it continued to go on, and then life began to evolve. And I said, but isn't one of the laws, of, the founding laws of physics, uh, the law of entropy, which means everything tends to disorder? And he said, yes. And I said, but what you're telling me is everything improved. And he said, yes. And I said, so what you're telling me then is you're having to disbelieve science in order to believe these theories. At that point, he stopped. And this is no joke. I'm telling you the truth. He leans across the table and he says, honestly, 
we don't know anything. And I said, I beg your pardon. He said, as soon as we figure out th- something, we think you have it nailed down. A couple of months later, we disprove it. And I said, but it's in the textbooks. The teachers are teaching it. The colleges are, are, are ostracizing professors who don't agree with this theory. And he just said, c'est la vie. That's life. <laughs> and I said, so you know. I said, do all the other quantum physicists, do all the other scientists know that what we're, what's being taught in schools and universities is incorrect? And he said, yes. Kind of like global warming. Right. <laughs> so at the end of the day, everything. So I, now actually, I wanted him to say something. And so I gave him a leading question, and I said, so what you're telling me then is what you're putting out is, in fact, not scientific at all. I said, but what you're doing is you have to accept everything by faith. And then he said, yes, by faith. So uh, if you, the, uh, I forget the gentleman's name who called here, but listen, whoever's wanting to talk to you about just scientific things, at the end of the day, the scientists themselves admit there's nothing scientific about what they're doing. It can't be proven in a laboratory. It can't be replicated. There's so many theories, which means they don't agree with each other, which means there's no set way of doing it. They have to disbelieve science in order to believe what they believe. So at the end of the day, it's all about faith. So I would talk to this guy by challenging what he says as opposed to trying to prove something to him. Let him be disproven by showing the folly of his own of his own way. I mean, that's the same way with evolution. Yeah. I Absolutely. mean, there is no absolute proof that right. anything Darwin said was true. And, and I, I mentioned this. As a matter of fact, let me go ahead and say this as well. If, if you wanted to know a little bit more about this, uh, if you go to aclr.org, that's our church website, on Christmas Eve, I taught about this very thing. Uh, and going back to Darwin, I have a one of the. Uh, it's not an original of one of his books, but it's um, it's a you know like a second edition. So it has his original uh, words in it. And then I have a copy of the new version, and they're different. When you read Darwin's original version, over and over and over again, he says throughout the pages, he says, "What I am telling you is impossible." without the divine spark of a creator. The new versions have no reference to a creator whatsoever. Didn't he write something just before his death saying that he did not believe in God? Well, there is there is, um, there is um, word out, I forget who it was, the individual, but there is, there is um, information out that on his deathbed he basically recanted of everything, said he was incorrect, and gave his heart to the Lord. Well, I don't know yeah. if that is... Substan- I don't know if that's been substantiated, but there is um, word out there that possibly uh, did happen. Yeah, I mean, he was raised; he was going to he was going to, to seminary. I mean, he was started off as a, a student of a student of theology. Yeah, what I saw on it was was that he initially set out to see how God did it was basically what he initially started to do. And if you originally read his works, he always talks about a creator, but it's only the new modern ones who want to rewrite things and put it into that other perspective. I mean, it seems so simple to me that. You got this one planet floating out in space <laughs> and you got all these other planets and everything around it. And just so happened this planet had the right amount of water. This planet had the right amount of sunshine. This planet had the right amount of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. This planet happened to have the right chemicals in the right same place yep. in the right Im- amount. And they got supposedly some kind of electrical mm-hmm spark lightning just happened to hit that that particular pond but you know how hard people make their hearts it mm-hmm. was i think it was um uh, uh 
was his name? The guy who wrote uh, uh, Animal Farm. Huxley? Was it Huxley? Or was that the other guy? I think it's the other guy. I forget who did that. Yeah, the two of them. Anyway, they asked him, you know, they asked him about, uh, about the, just what I just kind of mm-hmm. went through. And he, and he said, I can believe that monkeys could write Shakespeare before I believe that there's a God. <laughs> that's faith. See, that's, that's great. But faith. No, that's hardening your heart. It yeah. is. George Orwell. Yeah. Thank you. That is hardening your heart. Yeah. Yep. That, that's a heart problem. Folks. It is a heart problem. And that's what it all boils down to. Yep. All the ills of our world are based upon uh, in, in, the, in the matters of the heart. There's a, a great book by Lee Strobel, uh, The Case for Christ. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and encourage the, the gentleman who's asking this question, get that book, reference it. You can get a lot of good stuff uh, out of there from, uh, from that book. Um, and if, if, if you look at the whole scientific uh, method here, you can easily uh, work against it. Well, somebody else had sent me a text that, about another book that Lee Strobel had written called The Case for the Creator. Uh, taking right. a scientific approach at it as well. Okay. Not just the lawyer approach he took for the case for Christ. But pick, up, pick up McDowell's Evidence that Demands a Verdict. Yeah. That's a great book. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good place to start. Apologetics, one of my favorite fields. I mean, that's that's the only reason I stayed as long in seminary as I did. Because <laughs> I wanted to take, uh, you know, Bush's, Professor Bush's classes. I took all of his apologetics classes. Yeah. That's one thing we don't do much of for our kids today is teach them apologetics, de- yeah. teach them how to defend the de- defend their faith. And like, you should because they get eaten up and spit out. Absolutely. That's but, why, was it over 75% of college kids, uh, yeah. Christian kids, lose their faith in the first year of university? I kept telling my daughter she was wanting to go into the field of biology, and I had a couple books downstairs, and one of them is thousands, not billions. And I said, you better be ready if you're going to go into the scientific field because they will come after you. Another good one, Darwin's Black Box. Take a look at that. I mean, for instance, Darwin says everything followed in order mm-hmm. as it developed, but blood clotted before anybody would have ever thought that you needed to have a right. clot. I mean, it didn't happen in a specific logical way. Right. Well, you know, and, and one of the things also disproves this. If you're, if you, you know, if um, if you're thinking about this, is how many things do we have in the earth today that are that are sim- that are um, not symbiotic, but they're, um, uh, um, I'm, I'm losing, I'm losing the word. They, they depend on each other. They depend on each other to yeah. survive. Uh, you know, you have to have bees yep. in order for any flowers or anything to, to exist. Yet they have to pollinate. Well, that means bees and flowers had to quote unquote evolve at the, the same, same time. time. Mm-hmm. Otherwise they don't work. Uh, and there's so many other things, you know, that what is there, what is this one fish or something that has a, a worm living in its stomach that eats the the bacteria that would otherwise kill it if it didn't have it in. I mean, there's too many things that are symbi- I guess symbiotic is the right word. Yeah. Symbiotic that they have to be existing together at the same time. And there's so many arguments against that uh, that um, it defies imagination. It just happened. It, <laughs> <laughs> it just happened. Yeah. All right. We got, got a question from Satin. Yeah, we'll come going. back to okay, it. Right. And it's dealing with uh, false teaching. That's right. All right. So we'll deal with that when we come back. Hey, don't forget about New Balance out on Highway 10. That, of course, is Cantrell and West Little Rock, where they measure your feet digitally. Did you know your feet get bigger as you get older? So you should have your feet measured probably yearly to see if their size or their uh, width has changed. And they can do that very quickly for you at New Balance Store. Uh, they stock children's shoes, by the way, in extra wide widths for men and women, 
They stock New Balance shoes from 2A narrow all the way up to 6E wide. And that means you can get everyday comfortable shoes, whether you're using them for work or you're using them for walking or you're using them because you're an athlete. And it's the only New Balance store in Little Rock that makes custom footbeds that give you ultimate comfort. That's New Balance on Highway 10 out on Cantrell in West Little Rock. So in the last days, false doctrines are going to come out. Mm -hmm. And even the elect will be misled. (coughs) Pixie. Is it Pixie? Satin. Satin. Satin has a question for you. Oh, I don't have it pulled up. Well... Kind of summarize it. Yeah, the question goes like this: Out of Isaiah fifty, I'm sorry, forty three, eleven, it says, um, "I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me there is no other Savior." And there are some in the Jewish community who quote this scripture to say that this is why uh, Jesus cannot be the Messiah, why because we call him the Savior, uh, and because it says that Yahweh is the only Savior, then another one cannot be. And there is even some, um, one person that has referenced that has walked away from their faith in Yeshua and Jesus because of the scripture, saying that he cannot be. and wanting to, So he doesn't believe in the Trinity? No. No. Okay. No. Um, and I am a very loose believer in that view as well. <laughs> uh, I take, I'm, a, I'm more of a oneness kind of person. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm about to say, if many of my Hebraic Roots people are listening, they're going to probably pepper my phone after our, <laughs> after we get off the air. And that is, uh, there is only one who is the Savior, and that is the one that came and lived and became Emmanuel and died on the cross. There is only one. And it was Yahweh that came and took on the form of flesh. And there are some who take, which is more of the traditional rabbinic view, which is, uh, that there's the reason that Jesus can be the Messiah because God can't do this. Or some who say it like this, that Jesus was just the Messiah. He wasn't God and we shouldn't call him God. Well, then we have a real problem with the oneness mentality, which is, you know, Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad, Hero Israel, Lord God, the Lord is one. There can only be one. Well, that one may have had a form of in two or Trinitarian, however you want to explain it, but you still come back to the one. And so when they cite this kind of scripture and they just pull this one verse out, well, it's because he is the one and there is only one. Uh, and Yeshua is not different. Even uh, Jesus said, I and the father are one. And when yeah. he said that they were going to stone him because they said, you making yourself out to be you being a man, make yourself out to be God. Uh, and he also dealing with the similarly said uh, before Abraham was, I am, what's he doing? He's equating himself with God. They are one and the same, and that's a difficult understanding for some. Yeah, the only reason, the only way this particular teaching works is you have to accept the premise that Jesus is not God. I well, mean, that's what I was, I was going to say. Yeah, that's the only way this this thing works. If you accept the fact that Jesus is is God in the flesh, then there's no problem with this verse of scripture because it says, "I myself am Yahweh, and besides me there is no savior." But if you read it in Hebrew, it actually says here. It says, um, I, I am Yahweh, and beside me there is no Mashiach. It actually uses the word Mashiach here. So he says, besides me there is not another Messiah. So God is equating himself 
as being Messiah. Uh, God has appeared or manifested himself in many forms. That's why there's, there's, there should be no problem with this. He manifested himself as a pillar of fire, but he wasn't a pillar of fire. That's how he manifested himself. Yep. He wasn't. He manifested, manifested himself as a pillar of, of cloud, but he's not a cloud. How about he manifests himself in a bush on fire? God's not a bush. And certain, and then God is not a, a man in the sense of us thinking of a man. Yet at the same time, three men, the Bible says three men came to Abraham, and Abraham called the lead man of the three, he called him Yahweh. So there was very definitely, you don't use that name for anybody. That's so right. it was very obvious that he recognized him that way. So there's no problem with, with God um, dwelling among us in a, in a bush, in a cloud, in a fire, or in the form of, of, a, of a man. And here it says that besides him there is no Messiah. The only way this doctrine works is by accepting the premise that, that Jesus or Yeshua was, was not Yahweh in the flesh. If you accept that, if you accept the fact that Jesus was not Yahweh, then sure, you're going to be led down this path. But if you accept the fact that he was Yahweh, then you have no problem with this verse of Scripture. I, Yahweh, am, I myself am Yahweh, and besides me there is no Messiah. Well, and you could even say in the context of this is because they were trusting in other sources, and so God's just making the point, there is nobody else who's going to save you but me. That's the context of this verse. And if you want to separate them, if you will, you can say, well, Moses wasn't God. But he was the instrument that God used to deliver the people. If you need a separation, then Yeshua was the manifestation and the instrument that God used. But God was the ultimate Savior, uh, the the Lamb that was uh, sacrificed for the Exodus and the blood. It, if you will, it was the Savior, but it was the instrument in the manner in which God told Moses to tell the people. But God was still the Savior. He told them how to do it and how it was accomplished. So, I, I think that you're, people are getting hung up on one verse here to try and disprove what they really don't want to believe to begin with. He says, I am God, and apart from me, you can do nothing. God is the source of any salvation that happens, any deliverance that happens, anything that takes place. Well, you know, if Jesus wasn't God, if Yeshua wasn't God, then he was the greatest deceiver Mm -hmm. who's ever walked the face of the earth. You have to you have to wrestle with the verses. There's so many, and and this is this is part of the rabbinic wrestling, and we and, and Steve and I were talking about this beforehand. You have to if you get involved too much in, in the rabbinics as opposed to in, in the biblical things, you can really get led off because rabbis don't believe that Yeshua was the Messiah in the sense that we're talking about. But you can read in their writings also and get benefit out of them because they struggle yep. with understanding. That's why they've created two different messiahs, and a lot of people don't know that. But the Jews believe in two separate messiahs. They believe in one messiah they called Mashiach ben Yosef, and the other one they called Mashiach ben David. So Messiah bin Joseph and Messiah bin David. And they create two because they see one Messiah in the Bible that lives forever and reigns on a throne forever. And they see another Messiah, in particular in Isaiah 53, that actually dies. And so they're like, they couldn't, they can't reconcile how does Messiah die, like like it says in Daniel 9, yet how does Messiah live forever and reign on a throne? Ah, there must be two of them. Mm-hmm. One dies and one lives forever. And they don't see them as being one and the same. As a matter of fact, there was a, an archaeological dig, uh, and uh, in this archaeological dig, oh, yeah, that's another thing we can tell our friend. Archaeology is a science, mm. and in archaeology, you can find the Bible being confirmed over and over yep. and over again. So if you're looking for a scientific approach to deal with your, your atheist friend, you can use archaeology. Okay, so back to this archaeological find. It was called the, the, uh, the Revelation of Gabriel. I forget what year it was found in. And in there, it says this. It says, 
And as the armies came against Israel, the Messiah, son of Joseph, appeared and stood in the way and fought against the enemies of God and sacrificed his life. As he died, appeared then the Messiah, son of David, resurrected Messiah, son of Joseph, from the dead, and the two inaugurated a messianic age. So they could see very much the yep. theology of Jesus in the way they were trying to wrestle with those ideas. So there really, from my perspective, there isn't a, a, a problem with this verse of Scripture. And, and one of the other parts of the question was, is because there was not a specific chapter and verse that said somebody named Yeshua would be born in Nazareth and he would live on this earth for 33 years and then die and be raised, because it doesn't say specific, then that's another reason why they say they don't believe. However, just citing what Scott was talking about, the, the story is in there. The evidence is in there, but you have to look into the stories. Well, it has to be because Paul and John and Peter and all the apostles yep. led people to Christ using the Old Testament. I was going to say, and I would challenge people, and I had a discussion with some people while I was home visiting family, and I said, can you tell the story of the gospel without using Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or any of the apostolic writers. You have to writings. be able to do that. If sure. you can't, then you need to reevaluate what you believe, because the story is in there. Yeah. You know, well, Jesus said it's in know, there. I'd encourage you that if you, whenever you go, just read Psalm 118, for example, <clears throat> and if you, as you're reading that, and you can read all through the Bible, whenever you see the word salvation, put the word Yeshua there, because the word Yeshua mean, is the word for salvation. Mm-hmm. There's so many times the Bible says, and you will see your God saving well if you read it correctly it would say and you will see your god yeshua yeah. so many times it, there's a play on 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 those words there so you'll see especially if you look at uh at uh, psalm 118 in particular that's when that's when they would read at the end of uh tabernacles but so many times you'll see the word uh yeshua eloheinu you will see your god saving or you'll see jesus your god saving so i think it there's plenty of references that actually show yeshua connected with uh Yahweh as being uh, wow. Do you think one. that God had a reason why He told the angel mm-hmm. to tell Mary <laughs> that she'll call your child yes. Yeshua? Yes. <laughs> why? Because God is the only Savior, and Emmanuel, God, was with us, the yeah. only Savior. I mean, it it all works together. I mean, how, how's how's a child born who's going to be called Emmanuel, everlasting Father, Prince Mighty of Peace, God. Mighty God, Prince of Peace, everlasting. Everlasting Father. Yep. End of story. Yep. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. Always fun, guys. Thank yep. you, sir. Now, Scott, you're not going to be there next week, right? Tuesday, I will not be here. You'll be out. I will be out, but I'll be with you in spirit. Think about this. We're going to start uh, on the 11th at uh, over at New Life Church. Uh, we're going to be doing a, a week of fasting and prayer as well. Excellent. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. Everybody should do that. Spend some time. Yep. Know what God wants you to do. Yep. Steve, thanks. I'm glad you had a good time back up in Ohio. Yeah, it was a good visit. Although it was cold. Yeah, All right. <laughs> that it was. Don't forget, Agape Church. The Dave Ellswick Show podcast is sponsored by the Juris Law Group. We provide estate planning for all ages, and we specialize in helping seniors get VA and Medicaid benefits for in-home, assisted living, and nursing home care. For a no-risk consultation, call us at 501-400-8250 or find us on the web at juristlawgroup.com. That's J-U-R-I-S-T lawgroup.com. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.